in 15 seconds after the hour of five in this the month of July in the year of our Lord 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. Live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for joining us today. You know, that Ron Burgundy thing, there's something about the way, there's something about the way that he sort of just kind of exalts that from the back of the throat when he goes, it's so damn hot. There's just something about the way he just kind of blurts that line out. It is uh, Tuesday, and welcome to Day 12. It is uh, Tuesday, July 28th, 2009, Crew Fest 2. Uh, Gates opening this afternoon at 3.30, ladies and gentle uh, folk. And it's happening tonight. Crew Fest 2 featuring Motley Crew, Godsmack, Theory, the Dead Man, Drowning Pool, uh, Charm City Devils, etc. At the uh, Clark County Amphitheater. Uh, Gates open at 3.30. This afternoon. Coming up in today's program, we have Dax Holt from TMZ at 8 a.m. We have uh, Don Taylor from uh, CinematicalAndMovies.com at 7 a.m. Today, mystery guest? Yes? Mystery guest. Yes, at 7.20. Mystery guest coming up today at 7.20. We'll also uh, talk to some of our uh, fine friends at uh, CNN. Find out what else is going on in the world at large. It is 503-228-4101 if you would like to uh, 
engage with us today via the telephone, 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. We also have a pair of tickets to Star Wars in concert. They're going to be giving away at some point during today's show, so be listening for that. If you want to text, you can do it at 52051, or you can email rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or uh, Greg Nibbler, our esteemed production assistant, uh, can be reached at uh, Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, at kufo.com. All right. Uh, hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you? Good morning. Truthfully, I'm exhausted. Excellent. <laughs> Me too. The best day ever. But it was worth it for Adam Sandler. I think that's the only person we do it for. <laughs> uh, so we should thank everybody who came out to the KUFO premiere of Funny People, which is the new uh, Judd Apatow film, which uh, premiered last night at uh, the... Uh, I never called the Lloyd... It's not the Lloyd Cinema, because that's the it's, one inside the mall. I thought that, yeah, I think it's Lloyd Cinemas, because I think the one in the mall is Lloyd Center Cinemas. Lloyd Center Cinema. Okay, so this is the place across the mall. So, uh, so thanks to everybody who came out uh, last night at Brave the Heat. I should say, by the way, were you all able to hear the guy who was sitting to my right, who was making the sound? No, the guy in front of me had the biggest head I've ever seen, though. I could only see, he blocked a sixth of the screen. I could not see it for half the movie. That always happens to me, usually. His head blocked a sixth of the screen. A sixth of the screen. I was was, uh, sitting next to the guitarist, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my god, I cannot see the screen, and so he kept offering to switch, and I wasn't, I didn't want to do that. Not a fifth of the screen, not a seventh, one-sixth of the screen. An approximate sixth, like there were three squares on the top, three squares on the bottom, he was right in the middle square on the bottom. Did you ask about swapping seats? Well, I guess then you would have screwed, uh, you know, the the guitarist. Yeah, no, I didn't want to do that. All right. No, I had the, I don't know whether he was actually... uh, asleep or whether he just had some sort of respiratory ailment. But there was a guy who was sitting to my right, and every now and again on more or less regular intervals you would hear this sort of and I think, it, but it's like you don't want to say anything because then, it, you know, you don't want to he's got black lung or something, and then you just feel like an ass. So, so that that started happening about halfway through the film. Was it and, totally distracting? No, well, it was only distracting for five or six minutes, and I think, and I think the person who was with him gave him like a sharp, swift elbowing uh, you know, right in the ribs, and he sort of, you know, that he kind of, he, he realized to take that, take that outside, take that outside, and deal with it appropriately, and come back in. But so, thanks to everybody who came out for that uh, last night. We'll talk more about Crew Fest Two, which is coming up uh, this afternoon. Gates open at three thirty at the Clark County Amphitheater. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center downtown Portland. It is now 5.07. Expect temperatures of over 100 degrees again today. Welcome back to Hot Apocalypse 2009. Our award-winning coverage continues now. An excessive heat warning for all areas except the coast is in effect. High temperatures there expected only to be in the 80s. Now, yesterday, here in Portland itself... The temperature was 103 degrees, breaking a 1958 record in the western suburbs. Oh, it got up to 105. Now, should we? Do we have the hot apocalypse music? Should we be uh, accompanying this? All right, let's test this out, Tim. You want to just take another run at that headline, and we'll just we'll give this this will be sort of a dry run. We'll see how it works. Hot apocalypse 2009. Awesome. By the way, I was looking at the front of the Oregonian today. And that gradual upward tick of the temperature continues because first it was 102. Yesterday you said 104. And on the front of the Oregonian it said 105 on Wednesday. So I guess by t- which tomorrow. It's so 104 it's- in my garage. I, God, it's 104 in my living room. We were Sarah and I were sort of comparing notes this morning because uh, you have the central, uh, the central air going on. I do. On. 
See, and still, it's not enough. It's just, it, you should make sure to let people know. Who, you know, find people who don't have air conditioning. Make sure to let them know your central air just isn't cool enough. It's it not really enough. isn't. It's only down to seventy-four. I need it to be seventy-one before the I can ice sleep. ice melted in my water glass at my bedside. <laughs> Sarah actually said, I'll, I'll reveal this now. Sarah actually said that when she woke up this morning, quote, my bedroom was freezing. So you should uh, you should yeah, just take a little sweater been. to bed with you and just uh, put it on if you get cold in the middle of the night. Well, I finally got the air conditioner in, um, and, but it, I've never used it. So it took like an hour for it to, you know, actually warm up to cool down. You've just had it sitting on a chair in the middle of the room. No, no, it's in. Well, yeah, it was. But like, now it's anymore. in the. And now it's actually in the window. Now it's in the window. So the guitarist came. He came over and he took pity on you and put actually mounted it in the yes, way it's supposed he, to and go. And he put it in the window and it really did make a difference. I have to say, but unfortunately, it didn't start making a difference till like one o'clock no, in the morning. No, it, it takes it takes like a good hour for that. It, even in a smallish room, because mm-hmm. your bedroom and mine are about the same size. Because you're when you think about it. I mean, it's amazing that it works at all. You can't think on it too much because it weirds you out a bit. Because it's actually having to reverse the effects of the sun. Which is not, you know, that's a daunting task. It's not like a small job. But Laura and I don't have the central air, but we have one air conditioner for the living room, and then we have one that's in the bedroom. But the thing is, we can't run them both at once, uh, because then it kicks the power off sometimes. It'll blow a circuit or whatever that thing you do, the the breaker box or whatever that thing is in the basement. Mm. Um, And then you have to go downstairs in the middle of the night, and you can never remember which switch does what, and you're turning them all off and on, and meanwhile the microwave is turning off, and all the clocks begin to blink. So... If you're going to turn on the air conditioner in the bedroom, you got to turn off the one in the living room. So we did that last night when we got home from the movie, which is around uh, like 10. So which means that the bedroom didn't start to cool down. And I realize if you don't have air conditioning, you have no sympathy for us at all right now. But that's that's OK. The you don't have to. So the bedroom started to get cool at around 11, 11, 15, which means I got to sleep at maybe midnight or something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you and I are in about the same boat. Yeah, I feel delirious. And I kept like waking in and out of sleep and yeah. I was confused because it was like really cold and <laughs> and then you wake up this morning and you open the, the bedroom door and you walk into the rest of the house <laughs> holy god it is so hot in my house I could I don't know how I, I feel bad for folks who don't know it's, it's hot everywhere yeah no it's like walking into the middle of a, of a down blanket that's just come out of the dryer it's like living in Texas that's exactly right that's Here's, why people are so nuts there Tim Riley. they deal with this every day thousands of the metro area lost power yesterday afternoon as PG had to crank up the juice Due to the record demand for electricity, the heat wave is putting the screws to PGE. The consumption yesterday was just under 3,800 megawatts. That's a summertime record. PGE used 14% more power yesterday than on a regular day. Well, there's nothing more satisfying than a hot cup of coffee any day. Unless you're Scott Curico and drop your mug while driving through Aloha. You stoop down to pick it up, accidentally hit the accelerator, then hit a parked car, jump a curve, slam through a fence... And end up in the pool of an apartment complex. Fortunately, it was too shallow for drowning. He'll be all right. But the cup of coffee, well, it's totally gone. I'm sure this is where? What are we talking about here? Aloha. So he dropped a cup of coffee. Oh, so this is like some Bent sort of down a, to pick it up. A Rube of course, Gobi. you have to drive at the same time and look when you're driving. All right. So this, this, this is can't like the, take your eyes off the the road for a moment. This is like that mouse trap game where like the the net falls on the mouse and then the mouse falls into a conveyor belt and the conveyor belt hits the lever and then the lever hits the pulley and then but the next thing you know he's in a swimming pool. All right. That's exactly true. It. it looks like Peter Carlin's back on his TV beat today. His headline is KPTV is shedding 16 positions on the syndicated feature show. Uh, they're laying off 16 people. The name of the program is Better. Well, it's not better for those being laid off now, is it? This program is syndicated to several markets. Uh, most of the content is produced here in Portland. Uh, let's see. It is hosted by Kimberly Mouse. 
who uh, co-anchors KPTV's 4 p.m. news. She'll stay with the uh, the uh, station, though. So we'll be uh, talking to Peter Carlin uh, tomorrow, by the way, as well as Ryan White, who's the music editor uh, from The Oregonian. Coming up today at 8 o'clock, we have Dax Holt from TMZ. 7 o'clock, Don Taylor from Cinematical and Movies.com. Mystery guest at 7.20. More news from Tim Riley straight ahead. It is The Rick Emerson Show. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's 503-228-4101. Stay there. We return on this Tuesday morning. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. Rock 101. KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere, at all times, to everyone, in accordance with prophecy. Everybody kneel before me just for like three seconds. No. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Can you uh, sweeten my microphone ever so slightly? Thank you. Uh, if you want to text, you can do that. It's 520-51-520-51. Don't forget, in just uh, 10 hours, 3.30 this afternoon, gates open for Crew Fest 2 at the Clark County Amphitheater. Uh, that is uh, Motley Crew, Godsmack, Theory of a Dead Man, Drowning Cool Charm, City Devils, and more. And you know, Sarah and I were just talking during the break, and here's another thing. There's not only... Does it fill you with a little bit of pain when you have to get up and you have to come? And this is not just if you work early. If you work, if you work at a different time than somebody else, and you have to get up, and there's somebody who's just sort of there soaking up the air conditioning, and you're getting ready for you know for, for a, a day, whatever your job is, and they're just sort of continuing to right there in, fr- and it's always directly in front of the air conditioning vent, you know, where the cool air blows out. But here's the other thing: it's also if you've got pets of any kind. Is that, you know, where is, is, you know, is you're getting, saying goodbye, you know, for the day, like, you know, goodbye, goodbye, honey, get ready to go to work. And the dogs look up at you with, with like that barely opened sort of expression that sort of, you have to shut the door. You're letting in the light. We're trying to, we're trying to sleep. All right. Thanks so much. There's nothing that will make you want to leave the house less in the morning than seeing uh, your significant other and or the dogs who are just sort of sitting there preparing for another seven hours of sleep. All right. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Garrett Martin from the CBS News Center, downtown Portland. It is now 524. Expect temperatures over 100 degrees today. As we continue with Hot Apocalypse 2009, how would you like to be over on the coast where temperatures yesterday were in the 60s and it was windy and people were looking for sweaters? Yeah, I'll try to feel some sympathy. Well, dreams can come true. A quadruple amputee from Portland will make her dreams come true by attending a a prestigious New York City dance school. You see, Kira Brinkley lost both her arms and legs, but never considered herself handicapped. But nonetheless, the 16-year-old will attend the Juilliard School of Dance. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. Well, what do you mean right she? What, when you say she lost, was this in an accident? I'm assuming and this when wasn't. You say a, she dances. And when you say she doesn't consider herself handicapped, I did not say she dances. She, she plans on dancing, apparently. Really? Yes. Okay. I plan on being a squid tomorrow. Just so you know. I don't understand. Was this a thing where she had limbs and then and then uh, I guess then so. did not? That yes. they were they were lost at some point. Yes. Okay. But she will dance. Uh-huh. 
The CBS News Department says so. Let's move on, shall we? Well, Joel Courtney, who is awaiting trial in the death of Brick Wilberger, has a bad temper. He's accused of throwing a fax machine at his doctor. It's unknown if it was a paper jam or some other problem. The doctor was hurt. Well, to make a bad day worse, 8,000 PGE customers lost power yesterday afternoon. They blamed the hot weather and demand for more juice. Outages are widespread from Happy Valley, Oregon City, Sherwood, and Beaverton. See, and I was thinking about this yesterday because I live in fear that the power will go out in my neighborhood, which doesn't really happen. I mean, as I said, the worst thing that that can take place, you know, in my house typically is that we'll overload the the breaker circuits or you know the the, the you know, and then and then you got to go and you got to open that panel and you know, the and, and the labels that are on the circuit breakers are always from like five owners ago from 1962 and it has some strange abbreviation uh, for what sections of the house all the circuit breakers go to and it never makes any sense Victrola yeah. <laughs> exactly and, and you just do the same thing you always do you go well I guess I'll just flip all of them so as I, you're standing in a puddle of water I try, I try really hard to never let the uh, to never let the circuit breakers uh, flip in the house but I was wondering well why don't we ever have power outages and I realized it's probably because there isn't as much air conditioning in my neighborhood like period as there is in other parts of town so probably the more suburban your neighborhood, because that's where the power always goes out, right? Yeah. The power always goes out in Tigers or something. Mm-hmm. But that's probably because those houses all have air conditioners, which means that they all put a drain on the power. Where in my neighborhood, I know uh, just from seeing the number of people in my neighborhood who spend days like yesterday and today outside on their porch or something, uh, that's how you can tell that we don't have a lot of air conditioning, which means that I'm, I'm a little bit fortunate that you know it's probably not going to – we're not going to get like one of those rolling – blackouts or brownouts or whatever it is you call it. Here's another thing I noticed yesterday. Laura and I were driving to, uh, we went to uh, uh, to lunch yesterday. We went to the agency, that uh, that place at uh, PG Park, which was great. And you had a lot of food. Did you go down to the to the, the, the lower level, the basement area at the agency when you went there? I did. It's very nice. Was, that's, a, that's a great place. That, someday when I'm fantastically wealthy, that's what uh, my sort of entertainment room is going to look like, that basement of the agency. Where, by the way, you want to talk about a place where you're looking for a sweater? I think it was about, I think it was like 70 degrees or something down there, and it was awesome. Uh, it was one of those things where we, it, they just kept bringing us food, and it was so hard to leave. So like this massive couch, there's a wall of televisions. We're playing, we had like a, the, the, the Wii or the 360 or something going, and it was, I don't know, it was, uh, it, it, was a, it was chilly. We'll put it that way. And I knew it was like 102 degrees. It was very difficult to get off the couch and leave. What was my point? So Laura and I are driving to the agency. And you're doing that spot check as you uh, are going down the road and you're seeing cars. And on a day like yesterday, there are only two kinds of cars. Cars that have the windows all the way up and cars that have the windows all the way down. There is no middle ground there. And, and that is that is where you can immediately assess whether or not the other car has air conditioning. And it's, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just hot. It's what it is. Here's Tim Riley. I have the uh, 911 call from that Harvard professor's arrest. I don't know if they live there and they just had a hard time with their key, but I did notice that they kind of used their a shoulder to try to barge in, and they got in. I don't know if they had a key or not because I couldn't see from my angle. But, you know, when I looked a little closely, that's when I saw. Um, Are they still in the house? They're still in the house, I believe, yeah. 
And what black and Hispanic? Um, well, there were two larger men. One looked kind of Hispanic, but I'm not really sure. And the other one uh, entered, and I didn't see what he looked like at all. I just saw her from a distance, and this older woman was worried, thinking someone's breaking in someone's house, they've been barging in. And I, she interrupted me, and that's when I had noticed. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have noticed it at all, to be honest with you. So I was just calling because she was a concerned neighbor. Okay. Are you standing outside? I'm standing outside, yeah. All right, we'll place her on the way. You can meet them when they get there. What's your name? Yeah, my name is... All right, run away. So what is, okay, so this is Henry Louis Gates and then some, some other guy. Yeah. Who was the other guy that was there? I don't know. Just a person's unknown to us, some friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the, so he, he can't get the key to work, and so he's, like, jiggling the, the door handle or something. She makes it sound as though he's putting his shoulder into the door trying to break it down. Mm-hmm. Do we know mm-hmm. if that was actually? That seems unlikely because you wouldn't be doing that to your own house. As Unless a proud, it, like, jams or something. Yeah, but even then, it's like you like can't. My key ha- I have to jiggle my key a certain way in order to get it in and kind of shove it open. In an older house, anything could happen yeah. like that. I guess, but I mean. And th- those are old we old houses, old houses and apartments. That phrase, though, he's trying to barge into the house makes it sound like he's trying to bust the door open. Mm-hmm. And it seems like probably at most what he, because if you, Tim is a proud homeowner, you would say this, you're probably not going to be kicking your own door down. So he's probably maybe leaning into it or something, trying to like if it's stuck uh, or if it's, if it's wedged uh, shut or something. Well, a lot of times the frame gets out of whack and you have a hard time opening or closing it. It ha- happened to my rental. And a lot of East Coast homes, they've been there for a long time. So she doesn't say, is she saying at one point that he looks, quote, kind of Hispanic? Yeah, is that but, the, the phrase? Wasn't sure. Okay, because there was, but see, that, I think that then goes against what she said because there was all, you know, this, this like racial component to it where the cops came and then uh, whatever. And the 911 caller was saying that she never mentioned anything about race when she made the 911 call, but that, that seemed, but that seems to contradict that. She didn't say it was a black guy, but she said it was, you know, he looks kind of Hispanic, and I'm not even really sure what that means offhand. It's all very confusing. Did you see that thing that Drudge dug up from his from his college application, Henry Louis Gates? No, I didn't see that. Uh, it's a shocking revelation, Tim. We'll have it next. Coming up at uh, 5.40, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, coming up at 6.40, Jim Roop, Dawn Taylor from Cinematical at 7, Dax Holt from TMZ at 8. You stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Tuesday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in color. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Who's rigged now, Mr. Ricky Man? The Rick Emerson Show returns. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. Don't forget, gates open at 3.30 this afternoon at the Amphitheater Clark County for Crew Fest 2, featuring Motley Crue, Godsmack, Theory of a Dead Man, Drowning Pool, Charm City Devils, and more. Uh, it will be there. You ought to be as well. Uh, coming up later on today, Dax Holt from TMZ, Don Taylor from Movies.com, and a uh, mystery guest coming up at 7.20. Tim Riley, what headlines are you following on this Tuesday morning? An excessive heat warning is in effect. Temperatures will break records. A guy going on trial for the death of Brick Wilberger is accused of throwing a fax machine. And uh, Press Secretary Robert Gates is asked what beer the president, the professor, and the cop will drink when they meet at the White House Thursday. All right, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Hey, good morning. Doing well. Hey, uh, let me ask you this before we do anything else. So... 
I, I think you and I had emailed about this. Are you, st- are you standing by this assertion that come August, uh, it is not going to be relentlessly hot in New York? Uh, I, I think I told you, yeah, that uh, the, July was unusually mild for the summer months here. But uh, I hate to tell you, we've been in the upper 80s the last couple of days. So we may be reverting back to the typical uh, summer weather for New York. So you may be sweltering. All right. Well, that's great. Cause we're in, the, we're in the, the midst of a bit of a heat wave here in, uh, in Portland. And I was sort of, I was already anticipating going to, do, uh, to New York and having a, a sort of a cooling period. But it sounds as though that may not happen. That's fine. Well, that's okay. The, the great thing is uh, there's a Starbucks in every corner with uh, air conditioning. So you can always, you know, go in and cool off. Excellent. Hey, we heard the uh, 911 calls uh, from uh, this Henry Louis uh, Gates uh, business. Tim was just playing this before we went into the break. And so what is the sort of chain of events here? That he's standing on the porch, he uh, apparently can't get the key to work, and he's trying to jiggle the door frame or the door handle because it's wedged or it's, it's caught or something. Somebody sees this. They tell somebody else who then, call, who then calls the cops. The cops show up. Uh, and is he already in the house by the time the cops get there? Yes, yes, he is. So basically, the, this woman, Lucia Whalen's walking by, and, and an area resident uh, calls her over and says, I think those guys are breaking in. Uh, she picks up her cell phone and calls 911, and she says, uh, among other things... They were pushing the door in, like uh, um, like the screen part of the front door. But then she tells the operator there is a possibility that they actually live in the house. I noticed two suitcases. So I'm not sure if these are two individuals who actually work there, I mean, who live there. You think they might have been breaking? I don't know. She says she doesn't know if they were breaking in, and then uh, she uh, said she really, she really was unsure about uh, their ethnicity. In fact, she doesn't even mention it until the operator, you know, asked her about it. And then uh, later, the dispatcher is on the radio uh, with the responding officers and says the following. 17 West Street, uh, both SPs are still in the house, unknown on the race. Both SPs are still in the house, unknown on the race, right? Then you get Gates in the house, and he radios back, and you can sort of hear, I'm sorry, you get Crowley in the house, and he radios back, and you can sort of hear Gates in the background. I'm up with a gentleman says he resides here. He's uncooperative, but uh, keep the cars coming. He's uncooperative, but keep the cars coming. And then he finally says... I'm giving you the name of the resident, Henry Louis Gates, Jr. No, I now, now, Gates was, uh, uh, was obviously heard in the background there, but Crowley in his report maintains that, you know, it was so loud inside or, or that Gates was being so verbally abusive or something along those lines that he had to walk out of the house but you can clearly hear that, uh, you know, he's able to communicate on the radio fine with the dispatcher without Gates overwhelming him with shouts or anything like well, that. And I look and I and I don't know what so I haven't seen any pictures of the house or anything. So I don't know what sort of neighborhood this is. But it strikes me uh, that Harvard professor Henry Louis Gates, Jr. does it's not like he's like he's living in a flop house or something. So it, it, a couple of questions are, wouldn't you recognize a guy who presumably lives across the street from you? You know, so if the woman is looking at and she sees the guy standing there, you know, nighttime or not, uh, you know, this seems, in other words, this is, seems like the kind of neighborhood where people sort of know each other. So you'd think you'd recognize the guy. And it, and as you said, it just seems unlikely that the guy is just going to have some uh, meltdown in his living room there. And it certainly doesn't sound like he was. Well, uh, Lucia Whalen, who made the 911 call, she said it was an older woman who alerted her to the, these people that she saw pushing in the door. So maybe, she, you know, maybe it was an elderly woman. It's not clear. But also, there apparently had been a series of robberies recently in the neighborhood, so that might be why uh, this uh, area resident wanted the the police called. But um, 
you know, by, by Professor Gates' own admission, uh, admission, his first words to the police officer were, are you doing this to me because I'm black in, in America? So I talked to a couple of criminal justice uh, experts at, um, uh, at, at criminal justice programs at universities around the, the country, including here in New York. And one professor said to me, after listening to the tapes, Basically, it sounds to me like you got two jerks heading to a precipice. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, well, and I think the uh, we're going to see sort of an interesting public relations uh, uh, tango coming up as because it's the cop and and Gates themselves. They're, they're both going to the White House to quote share a beer with Barack Obama, right? Right. Yeah. On so, on Thursday at six o'clock, according to sources uh, in the White House. All right. Well. I don't know. I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to say something glib, uh, you know, right now. But I just, I, I have nothing. Just, uh, just, just, just one, just one more day in the tangled skein of interrelated uh, incidents and, and cultures that is, uh, that is America. So, you know, what are you going to do? Our economy is teetering on the edge. We're at the brink of possible war with Iran uh, between Israel and Iran, and and. We've got trouble in Afghanistan. Things are heating up there. Yet the president has time to sit down for a beer with these two guys. Do we know what kind of beer Barack Obama serves? That's actually the first Budweiser. thing. Is it Budweiser? I have the soundbite here. That was one of the first things that I thought of, actually. Okay, okay, can you play the soundbite? Because, you know, there's some controversy over whether Budweiser is actually going to be the beer. Uh, let me see here. In the meantime, let me just let me say this. As we, as I was walking, was at the, one of our local malls yesterday. We were getting ready to go to a movie, my wife and I. And as we were walking through the mall, this is me in a nutshell. I mean, there's you know, this is, as you said, there's real issues happening, all kinds of actual problems and trouble right here in River City. And I actually had to stop and stare through the window of a department store last night where there was a flat screen TV display because they had breaking news about the doctor who may have given Michael Jackson uh, the overdose of a, a dipper van or whatever that is. And so it said in huge letters. Um, whatever that guy's name is, Morrow or whatever, you know, may have given Jackson fatal overdose according to LAPD. And then, like down at the bottom, and like tiny, tiny little like two point type, it said like tensions in Afghanistan continue to escalate, death toll rises. I mean that that really is uh, that is the American news experience in many ways in a nutshell. Tim, do we have the uh, the sound? Uh, we do. Here we go. This is uh, Gibbs, R- Robert Gibbs, the uh, press secretary. Officer Crowley's drinking Blue Moon. We hear Professor Gates is drinking Red Stripe or Bex. What's the president drinking? The president had a Budweiser at the All-Star Game, so um, why are you looking at me like that? That's what he drank. We're talking Blue Moon, Red Stripe, Bex. What's wrong with Budweiser? Well, what, why do you hate Budweiser? Why, why do you hate Budweiser, Wendell? This is... <laughs> I don't... I, I don't I, Wendell, how about this? How about you and I? We'll go pick out the beer. We'll do the beer run. I think somebody's been in a focus group on appearing more masculine. Well, Bill Maher says Americans are getting stupid. You think she has a future nationally as a presidential candidate? I don't know about a presidential candidate, but I would never put anything past this stupid country. <laughs> there you go. On that note, my friend, enjoy the rest of your day, sir. Okay, take care. There you go. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kasselman. Is that Sarah Palin that he's yeah. uh, Bill Maher's discussing there? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, coming up at uh, 640, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. He's in Los Angeles with the latest on the uh, Michael Jackson thing. Also on that score, Dax Holt will join us later in the program. Don Taylor from Movies.com at 7. Mystery guest at 720. More from Tim Riley straight ahead. We are live from uh, beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon on the day of Crew Fest 2. Gates open the day at 330 this afternoon. The Amphitheater of Clark County. Stay there. It's Tuesday morning. Look anyway. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland.
live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. 503-228-4101. Coming up this hour, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop from Los Angeles. Re Michael Jackson. Uh, 7 o'clock, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Mystery guest at 7.20, Dax Holt from TMZ at 8 o'clock. Are you excited for the mystery guest? I honestly don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I, this one's a lot better. It's, I it, promise. I mean, look, I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you that. Last week's mystery guest was uh, a mystery. <laughs> certainly caught me off guard. I, I was not anticipating that I would be on the receiving end of a long discussion of uh, the tangled history of race relations in America. But I mean, that's what makes it an but interesting. You, know what? you have to push the limits in order to know what they are. <laughs> I suppose that's, that's true. That's exactly it. Because if, if we had not have done that, then we would never have known. Well, coming on the heels of Fred Durst, especially, I think I can say that I wasn't anticipating that as the. Uh, <laughs> As the guest, but you know, so someday a consultant may ask if you ever did anything serious. You'll have that. That's right. That's a someday if they want to. I gave uh, you, yeah, Greg, and I gave you a gift, Rick. They have one of nominators for a Christmas. It can be put in something. the station's public file for the next. So listen, Lacey? The, next, the next time I go to the NAB, I can just be no, no, no. Uh, listen to this great public service I did. Hey, uh, speaking of a public service, we're going to be giving away uh, not now. Please don't call. And here's the thing: every time I say please don't call now. It's like people somehow filter out the please don't, and they call no, and then they pick up the phone and they call, and then poor Greg has to just turn people away. So I don't know how I can be clear about this. We are not giving anything away at this actual moment here at uh, 6.03. I am demonstrating now exactly how you might be alerted to the possibility of winning something in the future. So at some point this hour, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets. Uh, to Star Wars in concert. It's a unique multimedia experience combining the classic John Williams scores and unforgettable cinematic moments from the Star Wars saga. October 14th at the Rose Garden. Tickets go on sale this Saturday at ComcastX.com. Now, at some point that is not now, uh, you will hear this. Have you ever listened to the Rick Emerson show on KUFO Chewbacca? Now that's going to win an NAB award. So when you hear that later... Be Tim asks the tough questions. I love him. Call her 10. At 5.03. Things that need to be asked. 2284101 at some point uh, this hour when you hear that. All right. I was making some point about something or other. Uh, coming back, it was right the, it was before we got into Oh, you were else. heckling me about my electronic cigarette. Now, well, that, uh, and we'll return to that issue in just a second, but I, well, you know, it's gone to me now. All right. At the news desk, it's uh, your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the News with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 6.04 from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is currently 75 degrees already. Expect temperatures over 100 degrees today. We broke uh, like a 50-year record yesterday. Here it was 103. It was 105 on the west side, and it's 106 in my garage. This is Hot Apocalypse 2009. Our coverage continues as the excessive heat warning is in effect. For all areas except for the coast. If you want to cool off, go to the beach. Thousands in the metro area lost power yesterday as PG had to crank up the juice. Meanwhile, you're asked to uh, scoop up senior citizens and bring them to places. Uh, they have all kinds of places open for them. The Salvation Army Rose Center for Sweltering Seniors. I'm supposed to take senior citizens to the Salvation Army. Yes, please do. Where they can be discounted and sold to a family at a reasonable cost. It's because their bodies slow down in this heat and something has to be done. So uh, bring them and let them cool off so they can be sent home again. Like, I thought old bring people, them to where, 
To Goodwill? No, no, no. Salvation Army. Oh. I thought, yes, take your, yes, take your grandmother to Goodwill. Um, but, uh, but not to the front, to that back area where the guy with the, the blue gloves comes out and the, takes her out of the car do for you. Right off? Yes, yes, you do. I thought old people liked it when it was hot, though. Isn't that the thing? Is like it old people? It, when, it, when is the last time you met an old person who said that it was too hot anywhere? I don't know any old people. No, that's really not one. Do you live in a, is this like a, something the Homeowners Association voted out? There was some sort of cutoff uh, age in your neighborhood? I mean, old, old, how old is old? I don't know. So I guess if you know an old person. uh, I did it one time, but they they died eventually. Well, that's what they do, Tim. Uh, So if you, uh, I guess. People are living living longer. If you see an old person sort of teetering around the neighborhood, you should just, you know, uh, go go check on him. Hey, did I tell you the thing? There's an old person who lives down the street from uh, Laura and I. Her name is uh, Tilly. And did I tell you the weird thing that happened to me about, I don't know, a week, two weeks ago? So Tilly is walking down the street, and she's she's that weird combination of traits where she's, I mean, I would imagine she's at least 85. I mean, she's, she's, I mean, Tilly, Tilly old long time. She's, she's very, very old, but she, she still kind of has it together in the sense that it's not like she's walking around with Kleenex boxes on her feet or something. Um, I mean, you know, you have to kind of shout for her to hear you and, and it takes her a little while to process things, but she's, you know, we just, that something just comes with the territory. So she's not out of it, but she's, she's a little, uh, you know, a little slow occasionally, but She's walking along the other day, and she's carrying a piece of paper in her hand, and it's sort of folded up. It wasn't wadded up, but she's carrying a piece of paper that's been folded up multiple times in her hand, and she's sort of shuffling by the house. And she's like, she's like that guy at the beginning of the office space credits with the guy with the walker, which just takes him like an hour to get anywhere. And I will sometimes look out the kitchen window, and I'll see Tilly coming around the corner, and then I'll go back, and I'll feed the dogs, and I'll put on my pants, and I'll, you know brush my teeth and I'll take my vitamin and I'll, you know, whatever. And I walk in and she's, you know, she's only moved about 15 feet. I mean, she's, it's steady, but slow. Anyway, so I take the dogs out the, uh, out of the front of the house. I go down the porch and there's Tilly. And I said, hello, Tilly. How are you? And she goes, I'm fine. How are you? And I said, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just great. What seems to be going on today? And she lifts up her hand and the piece of paper that is folded up inside her hand is the newspaper clipping that they did about this show when we got fired in 2005. <laughs> that one about the coffee cup uh, crusade. crusade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's that picture of me where I'm kind of looking up at the camera, that picture that Jason Crump took, where I'm looking up at the camera. And so it's an article from four years ago that she had cut out and she had folded up and she was just carrying it in her hand. And I don't know if she was planning on seeing me because most of the time she doesn't see me. She, you know, It's the law of averages. She walks around a lot, but very rarely do I happen to run into her. I'll see her walk by sometimes. So I don't know how long if she was just carrying it around every day waiting, four to, years. W- waiting to run into <laughs> me. Um, but she holds it up and she goes, uh, this is you. And she points at the picture of me in the newspaper. And I said, yes, it is, Tilly. That's a, that's a, that's a picture of me from some time ago. And then she looks and she said, you're not so fat now. And then she just started shuffling along down the street again. And I was just sort of left standing there. It was like I and I I didn't know whether I was supposed to be a flattered or b insulted or c like weirded out that she's just walking around. Oh, and then like underneath my picture, she had written the words next door. So I don't, I don't, it was just the most bizarre thing. I mean, I guess there's supposed to be some climax to the story, but there isn't, because I don't know why she carries that thing around with her, or if she carries it with her always, just sort of like on the off chances she's going to run into me. It was the weirdest thing. All right. 
Here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. Something similar happened to me when Peter Carlin did the article about me. None of my neighbors know a thing about me, except I'm someone who just walks a dog. So you're going to be busted trying to jiggle the front door to your house one of these days. Probably. Well, people are bringing that that newspaper that day to my front door and leaving it on the front stoop. And I, I was successful in having people not know a thing about me, which I prided myself in for many, many years. So this is the article that uh, that you were featured in last, was it December? When they when they came to my house and did a photo shoot, right. and took pictures of uh, McGee and I in my office. And this, so now did you, but did your neighbors look at the, did you get the thing where you left the house and your neighbors would look at the paper and then look at you and then look at the paper and then look at you and then their eyes would narrow and they go, ah, we figured him out. Yes. Yeah. And some people are in the doorbell, but they didn't answer. Hey, by the way, somebody's saying that he's uh, able to cook uh, bake, uh, bacon on the dashboard of his car uh, with this. Uh, yesterday, he was able to cook bacon on the dashboard of his car. Is that I was a, in a car with a thermostat, and it was 111. Oh, yeah. Well, because when they say it's 105 or whatever it is, that's like just in the air. Yeah. That's that's the, the, the uh, what's it, the thermometer that's just stuck out there like in the breeze or something at the airport. But on the pavement, it's always a good 10 degrees above that. Hey, can you actually cook eggs on the sidewalk, or has that myth been busted? Do we, does anybody know if that's actually true? I would imagine true? you could. You can. My mom always told me you could. I don't could. think it's very hygienic. But well, I mean, see, yeah, I, but I don't know if that's... Surface. I don't know. That's that's got to be one of it with aluminum foil. We should try that at Crew Fest today. We should try cooking something out, uh, you know, out on the uh, you on know. The stage. Uh, you can eat it. That's, that's that's not a bad man. I was thinking about that. I mean, you know, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a little warm out there, but I can't even imagine what it's gonna be like for the band. If you're sta- if you're the Motley Crew or Godsmack mm-hmm. or somebody, you're standing up there on the uh, you're up there on the on the stage. Somebody's just texted me and they said they were telling me that. Okay, so there's another guy. Says this must be the same guy who who just emailed me. He says I can cook bacon on the dashboard of my car. I well, there's some like on Wednesday when it's 105 or something. Clearly, that's a thing I'm gonna have to go test. We'll have to go see what if anything can be cooked on the pavement outside. Here's Tim Riley. Well, Sean Cassidy has taken family ties to a new extreme. He is the 70s team idol who has spent the past 15 years as a television writer and producer, and is now turning his attention to musical comedy with ABC Family's Ruby and the Rockets. About two middle-aged brothers, former rock guards, who are reacquainted after a long-lost daughter. One of them re-enters the picture, and uh, he's in it with David Cassidy. They were sitting on stage reminiscing about their dad, who inspired the character of David Gallagher. <laughs> and inspired hatred in, uh, in David Cassidy. Everything is so extreme. Even today, the sons seem to wrestle with the ambient feelings toward their father. Uh, David described Jack Cassidy as athletic. Oh, I'm sorry. An alcoholic. Athletic. An alcoholic, a sufferer of bipolar disease, and a closet bisexual who broke the hearts of his children by abandoning them when they were young. That's Thanks, Tim. I that's appreciate Ruby that. and the Rockets tonight on ABC <laughs> Family. Get it. <laughs> this is from the PR kit. That's great. Well, you have to be athletic to raise the belt that many times, I would imagine. Is was this true. David Cassidy or Sean Cassidy? This is both. their dad, Jack Cassidy. Jack Cassidy. Um, both of them are in this new show? Uh, yes, they are. Uh, right. Sean, well, uh, David and Patrick Cassidy star in the show. Sean Cassidy is the creator of the show, I believe. I so I think Sean Cassidy, who, by the way, in long term... Looks is, much older than David Cassidy for some reason, and he's like nine years... Yeah, David Cassidy is 59. Well, you know why he's that is. He's to a tie. Sean Cassidy looks so much older because he's not bothering... He's not getting all the plastic surgery because David Cassidy is the one who's in front of the oh, camera. The oh, yeah, surgery. his face is all shiny and Yeah, I mean, because he was in... Uh, what was it? Starlight Express. Uh, so David Cassidy still did a bunch of acting, so he's gone to great lengths to preserve his uh, his girlish figure. And, uh, no, Sean boy, Cassidy boy, looks like Jack Cassidy. Yeah, so the uh, Sean Cassidy, who's in some ways the, the most successful of all the Cassidy brothers, that's why he looks mm-hmm. uh, so much older.
All right. Because he's right. worked for it. That's well, and just because he's just, because he hasn't bothered to you know he hasn't bothered to get Botox or anything because he's not in front of the camera. Um, all right. Uh, coming up uh, later this hour, we have seen a radio correspondent, Jim Roop, who will join us about Michael Jackson. Don Taylor from Movies.com at 7, Mystery Guest at 7.20, Dax Holt at uh, 8 a.m. this morning from TMZ. Stay there. We uh, return after this live from Portland, Oregon. It's Tuesday morning. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. Putting the cult pop culture. Greetings, Optimus Prime. I am Mega Chest. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. Crew Fest 2 happening this afternoon. Uh, gates open at 3.30 the Amphitheater of Clark County. Motley Crew, Godsmack, Theory, The Dead Man, Drowning Pool, Charm City Devils, and more. You can find them more at KUFO.com. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Don Taylor from Movies.com, 720 Mystery Guest, and Dax Holt uh, from TMZ. Uh, all on the way, ladies and gentlemen. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 624. Expect temperatures over 100 degrees today. Yesterday we broke a 50-year record. The temperature downtown was 103. It was 105 in the suburbs. Thousands of the metro area lost power yesterday due to the fact that PG had to crank up the juice due to record demand for electricity. I don't know what that was. I don't know where that sound is coming from. I don't know what you're talking. Oh, were you trying to do the uh, the Stormwatch uh, sound? Oh, or a Hot Apocalypse. I'm yes. sorry. That's a Hot Apocalypse 2009. Our coverage continues. An excessive heat warning for all areas except for the coast. High temperatures on the coast only in the 80s. As a matter of fact, cooler in some spots. People are looking for sweaters out there. It's so chilly. Now, when you went to bed last night, Sarah, did you just turn the air conditioner on just high? As high like, how does it work? Does it have medium, high, low off? Or does it have a, a, like it an has, actual temperature you can set it at? It has, no, it's like, it's an old ghetto one. It's like, it has high fan, low fan, and then high cool, low cool. And you just put it on high cool? Yeah, I put it on high cool and then kind of angled it in my window, hoping that it wasn't going to fall out, and then kind of tilted it toward my bed <laughs> and hope for the best. That's always good. If you're afraid it's going to fall out, make sure you angle it toward the bed so it can fall on you while you're asleep and crush your sternum. Well, it did end up working. I mean, this morning when I woke up at, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, it was it was pretty dark. Air cold. conditioners do work if they're not sitting never, on a chair yeah. in the middle of your living room. I've never had one before. It's kind of magical. <laughs> see, I've just sweated through summers. Now, see, do you understand why I always go on about air conditioners and how they're what well, separate us from, folks you know. like us who, ha- who have to sleep in the middle of the day. Like, I right. can see why it's kind of necessary. Uh, because, yeah, because if you're trying to go to bed at 8 at 30 at night or something, there's just no... Or if you're trying if you're to nap... nap at noon... No, it's not like, going to happen. It's not happening. Like, yesterday, I, w- I was just way too hot in my apartment. I couldn't even lay down. Yeah. No, having... A life without an air conditioner is not a life at all, Sarah. That's mm-hmm. just existing. That's not living. Uh, I have the thing... My air conditioner does the uh, the deal where you, you pick the temperature. It's like, you know, 70, whatever. Uh, and then you set it at that, and then the air conditioner just basically cools until it gets to that temperature that it maintains. But I always... I always set it way lower than I should just because I'm afraid that otherwise it won't be cool enough. Mm-hmm. So I think room temperatures are at 73, 72, something like that. But I always just put it ready at like 62 degrees because then I'm guaranteed uh, that it'll cool enough. But then I have the same problem. You have I wake up at 4 in the morning and I can see my breath in the room. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. I, yeah, I have no complaints about that whatsoever, especially when I went into my hot apartment. It was like being punched in the face. Yeah, that's it's like you're walking out and just being smothered in some sort of a blanket that just came out of the washing machine that wasn't quite dry. Mm-hmm. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, Seattle's brand new Sound Transit Seattle Light Rail has run over and killed its first pedestrian. 
It happened overnight. The pedestrian wasn't supposed to be walking in the area. There are signs clearly posted there. It wasn't the train's fault. Nobody on board was hurt, though. Well, they never are. No. You know, and now the stress is off because you don't have to worry about when the first pedestrian death is going to happen. We've mm-hmm. already, you know, it's like uh, it's like when you uh, when you get into a relationship and you have your first fight. Mm-hmm. Then you don't have to worry about when the first fight's going to happen. A wheelchair-bound Longview woman fought off a would-be purse snatcher. Luva Rhodes yelled at the man, then used profanity, then charged him with her electric wheelchair and ran them several times till he ran up. Screaming like a baby. The purse thief is described as a dirty white man, 18 or 19 <laughs> years old. What is the difference between an 18 or a 19 year old? I don't know, but I, I like understand it. what a dirty white man is. She was mugged by a foreigner song. No. Oh. That's a little rock and roll reference, Tim. I understand. Okay. Electronic cigarettes, smokeless devices marketed as a way to deliver nicotine without the harmful effects of tobacco smoke may be just as unsafe as the products they mimic. That's a lie. That according to Pravda. (laughs) Yes, the the body of the Baltimore Sun. (laughs) E-cigarettes. Baltimore Sun, that's that's quotable. They were first produced in China in 2004. The battery-operated devices designed to look and feel like real cigarettes, right down to the glowing tip. Now, Sarah would be able to demonstrate this if she had not callously allowed the electronic cigarette that I purchased for you at great expense, by the way, to be stolen. I did. Oh, I allowed it to be stolen. Did I'm you sorry keep it that with some you at all times? at the bar decided to take it from me. You got a purse. Not like you were mugged for it. No, I was. I set it down and I like turned to go grab something. I came back and some vicious person had stolen it. But you know what? It isn't even worth it for them to steal because they didn't have the charger and they didn't have any of the extra cartridges. So thank you. I'm just saying, but now Jared. you no longer have uh, you know, a, a token well, of my You know what? Obviously uh, you were trying to kill me anyway if they're supposed yes. to be dangerous. Why is it? Is it dangerous they're, they're because it's... full of toxins. Is it because it's from China? Everything from China will kill you. Uh, including, they tested including 19 the varieties of electronic Chinese-made cigarettes. <gasps> they found these devices can deliver a dose of synthetic nicotine with unknown safety. Okay, but... The, the, oh, thanks, Rick. Okay, now... They contain thousands of chemicals. But that, but that's some electronic cigarettes, and that doesn't mean it was your electronic. First of all, the one that I got you was, I don't think it was made in China. I think it was made in England. Uh, and England is the home of all things healthful. But doesn't England purchase things from China as it's well? It's possible. Yes. But I, but, they don't make anything there either. But it was just, but are they, re- well, I guess they're not regulated by the FDA. That was the thing we found out where, like, they wanted to get those kiosks uh, taken on the Lloyd Center. It did kind of. Taste chemically. You know, sometimes. but but, here's the, but do you have any of the packaging or the box or whatever? Oh, I have, yeah, I have all of the packaging. I have everything you but should, the cigarette. You should bring it in actually, so we can see if it was. Uh, so we can analyze. If it, it. was made by the, uh, if it was made by, uh, uh, you know, like one of these, uh, because there's probably different levels of electronic cigarette. I would imagine there's like the top tier ones, and then there's the knockoff ones. They're probably all from China. Like though. one gigabyte, thirty gigabyte. Yeah, exactly. Del- delivers more of a potent. So you should bring the the packaging in, and we can see if it was the lethal kind. Anyway, because the guy assured me, the guy who sold me, the, I can't even believe I'm saying this on out loud. On the streets of Vegas. No, it, and this is a phrase that just sounds retarded coming out of my mouth. The guy who sold me the cigarette assured me it was safe. Um, the cigarette manufacturer assured me that there was no health risk at all. <laughs> He also offered naked lady pens. <laughs> Even just using that phrase, I feel like a tard. Um, Thanks, the, Rick. The, so when the guy sold me the cigarette, uh, Sarah, he told me that there was nothing uh, harmful about it, and it was in fact a safe substitute. Oh, of course, this random is like when, stranger on the street overcharging you to pack my body full of chemicals. Thanks. This is like when they marketed the original cigarettes, and they said that they were a healthy alternative to like uh, you know to sodas. All right. Well, in any event. Well, we can never test it now, regardless. Here's uh, Tim Riley. It was the doctor shot that killed Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's personal doctor shot him full of a powerful hospital-grade sedative that likely killed him. That from an inside law enforcement official. 
So they're uh, doing everything they can to hang this Dr. Conrad Murray fellow who allegedly administered a deadly sedative to the king of pop just a week after local police and feds raided his Houston clinic. His attorney confirmed his client was at the center of the manslaughter investigation, but he said the doctor didn't prescribe or administer anything that would have killed Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. Uh, Murray, who was 51, was with Jackson when he collapsed after suffering cardiac arrest in his $100,000 a month Los Angeles mansion. How can you rent something like that? I when don't. You were so deep in. De- that was what the thing the, I was. What did the landlord do before he gave the okay for Michael Jackson to move into this place? That was the thing that I was wondering about. Is he has like what the, kind of a security deposits involved here? Four hundred million dollars in debt, and yet he's living in a place where the rent is a hundred grand a month. That was exactly what I wondered. Is like, does it? What is the paperwork? Uh, you know, to, to get a place like that. All right. By the way, during the song, I'm going to look up the electronic cigarette that I purchased for you, Sarah Dillon. And we're okay. going to see exactly what was in that. All right. And find a healthier one. That's right. Uh, let's see. We're looking it up right now. Excellent. We'll have the results of that search after this, plus Jim Root from CNN Radio Los Angeles regarding Michael Jackson. At 7 o'clock, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Stay there. We're live from Portland, Oregon. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. I would um, obviously move from the area um, of the feces. Call 503-228-4101. Mommy, what color is a casket? This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Have you ever listened to the Rick Emerson Show on KUFO, Chewbacca? Who can put it better than that? Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Let's That's welcome now... my demo reel. Right there. Be the lead item. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Jim Roop. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How's life, brother? How are life. things? Wonderful. Hey, so there's two of my favorite words back-to-back today in the CNN prep sheet. It says Jackson, and then right below it, it says Allred. Um, so let's work our way backward from Glory Allred. I, I, I'm assuming it has something to do, to do with the Octomom, but that's just a, but I'm maybe I'm going on outdated information. Is that why that's happening? That's absolutely right. The uh, lawsuit that she filed on behalf of the nonprofit group, a minor consideration. Uh, the hearing was yesterday. The judge appointed a guardian to oversee the money that's being made by the 14 kids of Nadia Suleiman, including the six now, or the eight now, six-month-old octuplets. I can't believe they're six months old already. But uh, she signed, she inked this deal with this uh, British or this European production company for a reality show. Kids are going to make about a quarter of a million dollars over three years, and Allred wants to make sure the kids get that money, not Octo. And then, so right above that, we have the Michael Jackson story. So this Conrad Murray, this is the cardiologist guy yeah. uh, from Texas. And so I was walking to the mall last night, and as I mentioned earlier, I had to stop and I had to watch this flat panel uh, TV display through the, the department store window because they had CNN on and there was this breaking news where they're saying now that the, I guess the sources or a source of the LAPD says that they think that the Conrad Murray, that doctor, he gave Jackson the shot of this Diprovan or Propofol or whatever it's called, the thing that yeah, they think it, killed him? Yeah, this dude's in a lot of trouble. Um, at the very least, he'll have his license revoked at the most probably manslaughter. He's under investigation for manslaughter now anyway. But it is confirmed that he did give Jackson Propofol the night before he died. Uh, that's that. The powerful sedative, that anesthetic that is only given really in a hospital setting when you're going under the knife for a, a pretty right. good in, uh, operation. But he gave it to him. Now, th- this guy, Murray's lawyer, Ed Chernoff, says his client did not prescribe 
or administer anything that should have killed Michael Jackson. He's also saying everybody needs to take a deep breath and wait for toxicology because just because he gave Jackson Diprovan or, or Propovol does not mean that that is what killed Jackson. We still don't know that yet. We're awaiting toxicology for that. That seems like such a, something of a shaky defense. Because well, look, something else could have killed him. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, uh, perhaps an anvil falling out of the sky, uh, Looney Tune style. <laughs> yeah. But even if it, it, that's not the cause of death. I mean, Conrad Murray, he's not going to be a doctor anymore. Yeah, that's... You're not allowed to have that stuff outside a hospital. Yeah, I think this is the uh, this is the end of the road for calling him doctor. We can just call him Conrad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, my friend, you got a busy day, so we'll uh, we'll let you skedaddle. We'll talk to you very soon, sir. All right. Thank you. There you go. CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop in Los Angeles. Tim, do we have uh, uh, more sound on this whole sordid affair? Oh, I had uh, Gloria Allred. Oh. Uh, let's see. I have her somewhere. Oh, Gloria. Here's Gloria Allred. Our goal in seeking the appointment of the guardian is to be sure that the babies receive their fair share of the payments under the contracts, which have required that their images be shown. She cares about those babies. I, I've i lost track of why she cares about the Octo Kids in the first place. Because it gets her on TV. Ah, okay, that's right. I guess I could have put two and two together there in my head. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. We're just, uh, let's see, about the, I used to be able to tell time, 6, 12, Wait, no. Three, nine. So we're eight and a half hours away from the opening of the gates at the Amphitheater of Clark County for Crew Fest 2. Featuring Motley Crew, Godsmack, Theory of a Down, uh, uh um, Theory of a Down, Theory of a Dead Man, um, <laughs> Drowning Pool, and uh, the Charm City Devils. Uh, don't forget, you can go to KUFO.com to find out more information about that. By the way, I'm looking here. It says it is, uh, 638 and it is 77 degrees outside. Wow. Another beautiful, sunshiny day in Portland, Oregon. Let's pay a brief visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. 646 now. 76 degrees. Expect temperatures over 100 degrees today. Well, imagine the stench and inconvenience yesterday of animal parts scattered all over I-5. Let's imagine it now, shall we? As the truck carrying animal parts lost its cargo, traffic was backed up for hours in the middle of the heat wave, and I'm sure people were pleased to be there. Jesus. The heat wave was putting the screws to PGE consumption yesterday, just under 38 megawatts. That's a summertime record. PGE used 14% more juice yesterday than on a regular day. Uh, we have a double uh, taser watch here. Here's your uh, double taser watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Part one comes from Mobile, Alabama, where police officers are being investigated after they pepper sprayed and tased a deaf and mentally disabled man. Uh, they say they had to forcibly remove 37-year-old Antonio Love from the bathroom of the dollar store after he refused to leave. Well, after they tasered him and pulled him out, they found out he was deaf. Oh, that's... And imagine being no. the guy assigned to maintain the bathroom at a dollar store. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's right near the, the lowest rung. That's up there with the guy who has to recycle toilet paper at the mm-hmm. factory. That's no good. Stun gun maker Taser International has unveiled its first new stun gun since 2003. It's so good, it can shock three people immediately without reloading. Now, older Taser models, now used by law enforcement agencies and civilians throughout the country, have to be reloaded after one shot. It's very inconvenient, which can be a problem. 
Taser is based in Scottsdale, Arizona, and unveiled the new device at its annual conference to hundreds of law enforcement officials and distributors. The conference also has training on the new device. The new Taser costs $1,799 compared to $799 for the older device. I actually think about that down. all the lot, too, because if you're uh, all, all the time, because if you're tasing somebody with that, mm-hmm. you know, with a regular one, then you got to, I mean, you basically get one shot because after that, you got to take it back to the into the shop or whatever, and they got to reload it. So I always wonder. Like how it is, uh, you know, like when you decide to do that, because unlike a gun, which you can reload, the taser, you missed the first time, then you're kind of screwed on that front. So it was only a matter of time till this was developed. That's American technology on the march, Tim. All right, straight ahead, we have Don Taylor from Cinematical and Movies.com. He will be joining us. Mystery guest coming up at 7.20. Dax Holt uh, from TMZ will be here at uh, 8 o'clock with uh, more on the Michael Jackson case, plus more news from Tim Riley. It is Crew Fest 2 happening this afternoon at the Amphitheater of Clark County. You can find that more at KUFO.com. Thus ends your Taser Watch for Tuesday. UFO Portland. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. And good morning to you. It's uh, 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. 4101 if you'd like to uh, engage with us via the telephone today. Uh, coming up at 720, we have mystery guest. Coming up in mere moments, we have Don Taylor from CinematicalAndMovies.com. At 8 o'clock, uh, Dax Holt from TMZ will be weighing in on all things uh, Jacksonian today. So I guess they haven't actually, they haven't flat out said the doctor uh, it did it uh, in the bedroom with a syringe. But uh, but I think that we are edging closer to that moment. That sort of seems to be the uh, the general consensus. Don't forget Crew Fest 2 happening today. Gates open 3.30 p.m. at the Amphitheater of Clark County. Motley Crew, Godsmack Theory, The Dead Man, Drowning Pool, Charm City Devils. That is uh, today. Crew Fest 2, you can find that more at KUFO.com. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following on this uh, Tuesday morning? An Arizona man holds down the guy who tried to rob him with one hand while calling 911 with the other. Robert Gibbs says Obama's birth certificate has been available for stupid people to see online, as well as the smart ones. <laughs> Texting while driving is more dangerous than DUI. Don't you want to just uh, get some sort of a like a passable representation of the birth certificate and just have the have the uh, Gibbs guy have the press secretary just get on television just burn it on camera? It's right here, and then just or just shred it just right there at the next press conference. Well, what would these thousands of bored people do? No, but I mean that's but I mean just to sort of you know like jab it at him with a stick just to see what they would do next. Or um, I don't believe it. Where is it? Where do they uh, where do they claim he's from Kenya? Is that where they Kenya. claim he was actually born? So I think Obama if I were Obama right now, I'm just saying for me, just cuz I like to uh, I like to find areas of amusement in my own life. I think he should just accidentally slip in a Kenyan phrase now and again. Like the next time he's like when he does That's the state of the idea. union, he should at, at some point almost without realizing it, he should just slide in a few sentences in Kenyan. You know, like just scattered throughout the bit almost like he doesn't realize he's doing it. Just so I can hear the sound of my in-laws heads exploding. Uh, in Provo. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Cinematical and Movies.
Dawntaylor.com. Our good friend, Don Taylor, joining us today. Hello, Don. How are you? I'm just peachy. How are you? Is your hair a shocking shade of rhubarb? Uh, one stripe in the very front is. I like, I like it. it. It works. It definitely works. It looks good with the coloring. Rick Emerson I, likes this. I did this a couple of years ago, and I was at a screening at uh, Regal Cinemas uh, for a movie, and I got up like late in the movie and ran out to the bathroom, and I was on my way back, and one of the uh, young theater employees looked at me as I was walking by, and she goes, is that real? Yes, yes, it's exactly. Yes, it's real. I was like, was born to a family of sprites. <laughs> yes, I, I'm a pixie. That's why I have a, a bright, screaming scarlet stripe in the front of well, my hair. That's how we always describe you, Don. Yeah, so. yeah, I am. Hey, uh, so angry you, pixie. You were at uh, uh, the Funny People last night, which mm-hmm. is the new. Uh, I've been calling it the new Judd Apatow movie, but I guess it's, uh, which I guess is the best way because he's sort of the, the biggest brand of everybody in the movie, even with like Seth Rogen and Adam Sandler. I mean, yeah. Apatow is sort of a brand unto himself at this point. Um, and because of him, it's 30 minutes longer than it has to be. The, well, because he's got such a strong pedigree at this point that probably the, 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 nobody can edit him. Probably nobody can cut him. I will say this. This is the, uh, the, this is the, the two sort of high concept descriptions that I'm getting out there now so I can be on the record with it. One is that if you see this, uh, this Avatar film, which, which is good, I think that he's very much trying to make uh, like his own version of Almost Famous, but it's about comedy it's about comedians instead of instead of uh, uh musings that the world of rock and also that it is very much like two complete movies that are sort of joined in the middle by this transitional device and there were a couple unnecessary characters i think like the the, the whole love story with the girl i don't feel like she do you feel like she oh really the, the female comedian with the, yeah with the glasses i don't know it's, it's one of those i think it's one of those movies that is just so jam-packed full of stuff that any one of those things could have been their own film, which is sort of, the, I mean, that's the thing with some of those guys. That's that's the good thing and sort of uh, occasionally challenging thing with movies like that, where it's not a paper-thin story. Mm-hmm. There's so much stuff going on and there's so many characters that the movie could run out in any different you know, number of directions. But Did you talk about it earlier in the show? No, I, we're going to kind of, I mean, I'm going to save my full thoughts until probably next week because okay. I realize nobody else has seen it. There's well, a handful so you, of people. If, if your listeners aren't aware of it, it's, it's about a comedian, um, played by Adam Sandler, who's essentially playing a comedian very similar to himself, who's made a lot of really, like, horrible movies. Like Adam Merman. Sandler is the stapler. Yeah, Merman. And the one where he's, like, been, the wizards turned him into a baby, but he still has Adam Sandler's head. Yeah. That stuff's very funny, um, but he finds out he has a, a, a disease that will probably kill him. And so he's he's going to die, and then he kind of is coming to grips with things. He hires this uh, guy played by... Seth, Seth, Rogen. Seth Rogen. Wow, I'm tired this morning. Played by Seth Rogen, who becomes his assistant and joke writer, and and there's a lot that's in it that's very very funny, but it's also you know tries very hard to be kind of this melancholy guy coming to grips right. with his life sort of a thing, and and it's interesting that if you look at the ad campaigns, the studio doesn't know what to do with it either because there are some ads that are pushing it as this heartfelt. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, don't say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I, I have some more caffeine, Don. You do say. Um, well, I will say this: that when you, <laughs> I think you're our first dumping over here. The self-referential nature of the movie, I thought, was really good. That here's a couple things. Not only is Adam Sandler basically playing like a variation on himself, which I thought was good. Yeah. Um, He's and, actually playing somebody who's middle aged for a change, and, and instead of. Some adolescent who's actually middle-aged. And he does look like bloated and angry and jaded. Well, because, he reminded me kind of like a Jerry Lewis character. And this is a much better uh, rumination on his own career than when he did Punch Drunk Love, which is like where he's like his big artistic statement of a movie and, and whatever. But there's also a couple other, not inside jokes, but little winks to reality, such as when 
I think twice Sandler's character refers to Jonah Hill, who's in the movie, as he t- he's talking to Seth Rogen, and he goes, where's that other guy that's like a shorter, fatter version of you? Which is kind of how everybody talks about Jonah Hill anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's so stuff like that is, re- and I enjoyed seeing the way that writers and comedians work, like seeing a window into a world that you know, you know, you just don't get to see most of the time. That to me is that right there is worth the price. Could of the they mission, have squeezed in more cameos though? Yeah, well, that's another almost wow. famous thing where it's like let's jam in as much stuff as we possibly. But also, can. I swear it, I saw it, George Carlin. If it had been that movie, though, if it had been the movie about this guy and the kid who's working with him, who wants to be a stand-up comic, and they're writing the jokes, and and he's like closing out his career and saying right. goodbye to people and they had all those cameos that works brilliantly but in a movie that has so much going on already it's like all of a sudden ah it's norm mcdonald ah it's ray romano it's eminem I, <laughs> david tell like all these random people Sarah silverman and my my final thought on this and then we'll do the reveal for the mystery guest uh the mystery guest straight ahead uh, and we'll talk about dvd releases coming up I, I won't spoil anything because, again, it's like uh, you know the movie opens uh, uh, thursday or friday um that there is a brief scene with Eminem that is just one of the best things I've seen all year. There's this sequence with Eminem and uh, and Adam Sandler that is just it's just fantastic. That that was and I and totally unexpected. Yeah. So it was not what I thought it was going to be. All right. So am I going to uh, yes, leave the studio while you reveal the mystery guest? Yes. So you get out. All right. You leave now. You go. You get out. You shame get your family. <laughs> all right. Okay. Do you want to just walk over to Rick's? Now. There you go. Okay. Hi, Greg. Hello. All right. So our mystery guest for today, Sean Cassidy. <gasps> no way. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. So we're going to be talking to him, and he's pimping that show that Tim just did the news story about. Thank you so much, Tim. That's really awesome. You're welcome. And, um, yeah, so we're pretty stoked, and I think that Rick is going to be caught off guard a little bit. Oh, yeah, he's he's under the impression it's another one like last week, I think. Yeah, he thinks it's like, yeah, some horrible... <laughs> poorly picked person like we did how wrong he is <laughs> this is our make good how wrong he is yes so we know that he's a fan of us and we want to make good so this is going to be it sean cassidy so nobody tell him all right all right Great. is that pretty Bye. cool sure. i like the way how when sarah was talking she was holding her hand because well, rick microphone. is outside of the window so yes, i don't want him to be able to read my lip lips read. Well, a, are, are you an adept lip reader actually at this point sarah and i can kind of uh, do uh, mouth reading but only for each other uh, just because you can't look at the internet so. for a long uh, for a long time we've uh, you know we've worked in a room where the microphones were open and we don't have like like some some radio shows it's like you're in separate studios so you can talk into each other's headphones like this and we can't do that because we're all in the same room but occasionally like if somebody's reading the news or somebody's talking and Sarah needs to tell me something she's not really able to do it and wadding up post-it notes and throwing them back and forth doesn't really work so we've had to learn to be like um. to be fairly skilled at that all right. Straight ahead, we have Mystery Guest coming up. That is at 7.20, Mystery Guest uh, on the way. Uh, Don Taylor will also talk about new DVD releases that will be available for your viewing pleasure, ladies and uh, gentlefolk. At 8 o'clock, Dax Holt has more uh, Jackson news from uh, TMZ. You stay there. We're live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. I can take or leave him. It's okay. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are moments away from today's installment of Mystery Guest 
And so uh, the deal is, I have no idea who the guest is. I have a piece of paper with their uh, name right here. That is folded that you have not looked at yet. I will open up this piece of paper. I will have only the guest's name. I won't know anything else about them, but i got to do a passable, plausible, uh, convincing three-minute interview. And we'll be ringing off the minutes with this sound. Excellent. All right. Uh, may I open the piece of paper? Open the piece of paper. All right. I want to see the expression on his face. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sean Cassidy. <laughs> really? I'm giddy with Awesome. All right. Ruby and the Rockets. Uh, I say making yeah, sure that I've got the... I want to get sure that I get the plug right. All right. We have the well, information for when it... Okay. ABC. Is it tonight? Tuesday know, nights. Tuesday nights? Tuesday right. nights. Excellent. Okay. I'm ready whenever. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, so anyway, then uh, then the guy said, if that's the elephant, then who's the kid? All right. No, I mean, really, no, it's, it's not my joke. I The guy told it to me in the bar last night. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Sean Cassidy. Uh, good morning, sir. How are you today? I'm doing great, Rick. How are you doing? I am uh, fantastic, my friend. First of all, I want to say uh, congratulations in advance uh, on Ruby and the Rockets. Everybody's saying that it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty exceptional show. When did you make the decision for yourself that you were going to kind of get off the, uh, not the child star, but the sort of teen idol treadmill and, and decide to branch out as an artist? Well, America made that decision for me, Rick. <laughs> uh, you know, the shelf life of a teen idol by its nature is pretty short, and I knew that going in because I'd seen David go through the experience. Uh, and, and the truth is I always wanted to be a writer-producer, but when you're 18, 19 years old, there aren't a lot of people who are going to take you seriously in that department, so I had to wait a little bit, but... By the time I was in my late 20s, I, I had sold a script, and first series was a show called American Gothic on CBS. With Gary Cole. Gary Cole, and then I had a show called Cold Case and Invasion, all dramas. Ruby and the Rock is my first comedy. Uh, I'm having a blast. I actually want to do more because it's, it's more like theater. You get to do a show in front of an audience every Friday night, and two of my relatives are in it. David and Patrick Cassidy play uh, a fictional 80s pop band, The Rockets, who have broken up, and David's eking out a living in a little Indian casino, and Patrick is raising a family, and into their lives comes this 15-year-old girl, uh, Ruby, who says she's David's daughter that he never knew, and David doesn't quite know what to do with her, so he hands her to Patrick to uh, look after, and hijinks ensue, as they say. So the, when you're writing something, you know, when you're coming together with a, with a series that, is, that has, let's say, uh, several parallels to real life, how awkward is it to approach, you know, you go to Dave and you go, look, uh, so this character is sort of like you a little bit. Why don't you uh, look at this script and tell me what you think? Is it awkward to bring a script to somebody when, when they have a lot of similarities to the character? Well, it, it, what's more awkward, frankly, is just working with family. I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried. I know there are a lot of people out there, you know, who have done it successfully in other businesses, but... You know, David and I have only worked together once. We did a Broadway show 15 years ago called Blood Brothers, and that was my last work as an actor. Patrick and I have never worked together. David and Patrick had never worked together. Patrick spent most of his career on Broadway. You're dealing with, you know, fragile egos and, you know, different career paths and sort of wrangling all that and making everybody clear about who's the boss, which is, in this case, me. Um, it can be tricky. So you need to have, you know, real clear boundaries established and, Leave the brother stuff at home, although put it all in the scripts. You know, we just mind the truth and, and hopefully make it funny. Um, and, and hopefully the stuff that is complicated about our relationship and is 
dangerous about our relationship is also interesting to watch for people. They'll be able to relate to it. We're talking to Sean Cassidy. He's the creator, executive producer, and writer for uh, uh, Ruby and the Rockets, an ABC Studios comedy from ABC Family. And by the way, we should mention that the first three episodes are posted for review at abcfamilymedianet.com. Uh, but uh, it, it, when you talked about American Gothic, which is this show you did some years ago, had Gary Cole. And I remember watching that. I was living in Utah at the time with the, in this sort of house of dudes. And we watched that show when it when it hit the air. And it was quite good. And I remember wondering, does being Sean Cassidy, at least at that point, did that open more doors for you? Or did that give you more hurdles he had to get over with preconceptions? Um, both. You know, as a writer, your name is on the script. And ultimately, they don't care who wrote it. If the script's good, they'll make it. And... Because American Gothic was so dramatically different than anybody's perception of me, it became part of the story. Like, this came from Sean Cassidy, that sort of boy-next-door kid from the Hardy Boys. Nobody could quite get their brains around that, and that actually helped launch the show. Um, And it made it possible for me after that to kind of do anything. Uh, So... You know, I'm really fortunate in that sense. And, you know, it's, it's whatever your initial success is, I don't care what it is, that becomes kind of your brand. And for better or for worse, if you want to grow as an artist, you need to move on. And I've been fortunate to have been able to do that. i got to ask you one question. Is, is it weird to you? Do you ever get used to this when you're like a, you're in a used record store, you know, you're in like a, you know, thrift store, wherever it is, and, you know, you'll see that copy of, like, to do Ron Ron or something with it, you know, and usually the big pull-out poster thing that came with that is gone, but it's it's your uh, sort of uh, sun-dappled face looking out of uh, from the cover of that. Does it ever, do you ever get used to that, or does it weird you out when you catch one of those, you know, one of those catches you by surprise somewhere? You know what, the truth is, it was weirder when it happened. I mean, when I was 18 and I saw myself on an album cover, that was bizarre, now I see, you know, I've got 30 years of looking at that now. So whatever, it's like a different kid, like a different person. Uh, but what's funny is, you know, I'll be going through life doing this job, and, you know, I'm a producer, wears a suit a lot, and writes. And I was out to dinner the other night, and somebody came up to me with my doll asking if I'd autograph it for them. It's weird. It's weird, hey. and it's funny, and, it, you know, it it, 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 it is where it belongs in my life, which is like as a novelty. And frankly, even as I was going through it, I treated the whole experience like a novelty. When you grow up and you're an adult and you have a family, kids of your own, all of this stuff, does that, does that cut any ice with your kids? Does it impress them at all? They think it's ridiculous. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, my, I, have, I have six kids from 27 to 7 months, so I've run the gamut. I basically have had kids in every decade. And, and my 11-year-old daughter who is of the age now to be, you know, into the Jonas Brothers or whomever, um, when other kids or the parents of other kids say, you know, I had your dad's lunchbox or his poster, they're like, what? Huh? When you, when you look at a band like the Jonas Brothers, what's the, what's the one thing that comes to mind, the piece of advice you would give uh, kids like that who are just, just now coming up and entering that teen idol phase? Uh, don't get too comfortable. Because it's not going to last very long, and you better make plans. Uh, well, and your uh, plans include Ruby and the Rockets, which, of course, uh, is an ABC Studios comedy. First three episodes uh, posted for review, abcfamilymedianet.com. Uh, and Sean Cassidy is the uh, creator, executive producer, writer, and uh, Patrick and David Cassidy stars. Thank you so much for spending uh, some time with us, and the uh, best of continued success in all things, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, thank you, sir. There you go. That is uh, Sean Cassidy. All right, Greg, if you want to pick that up and... Um, 
Sean Cassidy, did really? Make, did we make good for uh, last no, week? No, that totally yeah. is. Uh, <laughs> all things, all just, this, the, just the look on your face when you opened that. That was awesome. When I opened up the piece of paper, the post-it note. Because, again, I, and with people, if people think that we're sort of fooling about this or if we're, you know, we're... If we're uh, kind of cheating, I don't know who it is. No, until... and that's why I'm so like staunchly aggressive, like to tell you, like turn off your computer. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't ever, ever know who the guest is until I open these papers. Sean, that was not. That was the like the last guy <laughs> on earth I expected. Sean Cassidy. And thanks to Tim, who like we orchestrated that story to put in today, so he's kind of in your well in your done, mind. Tim. Well, I tried to. This is uh, all right. Well, and so I think that went fairly well. I think it did so, too. And uh, you know, I pulled the to do Ron Ron with the big pull out poster reference. So yeah, and yeah, and Greg was talking to him on the phone. He said he was just super cool. Awesome, excellent. Well, he's you know why because he, as I said, he got off. That that treadmill like early on. Yeah, he's he, very aware of like what he went through. It was killing me watching you do this because he is one of the. There, there aren't a lot of famous people or producers or whoever that I really have a burning desire to talk to, and he's one of those guys that I've always wished I could like have a few minutes with him to just talk to because American Gothic was so good. It was a great show, and it was just way too smart and yeah. way too weird for the American public. Then Invasion uh, a couple of years ago, just a really excellent. Excellent UFO scenario TV show, and again, just tanked. And I just always feel so bad for yeah. Sean Cassidy because he's doing, he's producing these amazing TV shows, and then people are just going, eh, and, he's and not, they're not watching them. And he's not like coasting on his name either. It's not yeah. like Sean Cassidy, as he said, not like that name opens a lot of doors, really. Uh, so he's, and he's doing it. The whole way. I mean, he's writing, he's uh, yeah. producing, he's creating. So I'm, I really am legitimately happy for that guy's success because he's. You know, boo-hoo, I was a teen idol, but it does, but it probably does lock as many doors for you as it opens. Yeah. And I'm with you. When I saw that American Gothic show with Gary Cole, I was just like, this is fantastic. It'll never last. And then sure enough, it, 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 uh, it didn't. So, uh, Don Taylor from cinematicalmovies.com. Speaking of, uh, shows that are, that are good that may not last. So what is the deal with Dollhouse, the Joss Whedon thing? Cause that's out, that's one of the DVDs out yeah. today, right? Yeah. Is it coming back? It is not- coming back. It is coming back. Um, and the Dollhouse, uh, season one of Dollhouse is on DVD today. And it includes in it uh, the 13th um, unaired episode that Fox decided for whatever reason not to air. It could have been partly because they wanted just some little extra thing to throw in the right. DVD. But also because it's very, very different from the rest of the show. It takes place 10 years in the future after the events that have happened so far on Dollhouse. Um, in, and it shows you essentially... The effect that's had on the world of the, the, if you haven't seen the show, I don't want to give too much away, but the last episode, basically, you see the dolls, the pre-programmed people who have had personalities imprinted on them. They leave the dollhouse. And so then this is 10 years after, and it shows you just this apocalyptic nightmare of, of Los Angeles that's going on that is a, a, an eventual result of this technology getting out of the dollhouse. And I believe what Whedon's going to do is he's going to go back and he's going to start, he's going to start really delving into what happens in, the, in, in those between, 10 years yeah, to lead up to that 10 years. Excellent. And it's really an excellent show. Well, Josh Whedon does not lack for motivation or, or ambition or, uh, yeah. you know, or si- a sense of scale. I'll give him that. And if you haven't seen Dollhouse and you want to give it a try on uh, DVD, keep in mind, the first few episodes, it seems very exploitive. It seems very much like dressing Eliza Dushku up as a hooker and sending her out in pretty costumes. And it's and eventually what happens is he starts to address the fact that, yeah, this thing of imprinting personalities on these people over and over and they don't know what they're doing 
is unethical. Yeah, you know, I'm let's and let's. I'm all for exploiting Eliza Dushku. Well, yeah, I was watching that episode of Firefly the other day where Inora, the companion's like making out with that hot ambassador chick, and I was thinking, <laughs> like, this is. I'm fine. I'm okay with this. You wanted uh, also to mention a bad lieutenant. I did. Uh, the Harvey Keitel film, which is out. Uh, was it? Um, is it? It's but it's been out on DVD before. It has right? been on DVD before. This is a new special edition, though. Uh, it's got a new audio commentary and a three part featurette. Um, but if you haven't seen. Uh, the Bad Lieutenant is Abel Ferrara's uh, 1992 movie. It was his follow-up to King of New York, and it stars Harvey Keitel as a very bad lieutenant. It's a, it'll mess you up. Um, he smokes crack on the job, and he steals drugs from evidence, and there's this very uncomfortable scene where he sexually humiliates two girls while uh, touching yeah, himself. It's, it's traumatic. And But it's the thing is, it's a very uncomfortable movie, but it's about this horrible, horrible cop, and he's investigating the murder, of, the rape of a nun. And it's... Um, and But it's Harvey Cattell's best performance ever, and he's he's amazing in it, as uncomfortable as it is to watch, and that's on DVD. And also, just very quickly, if you collect Blu-rays, if you're replacing your movies with Blu-rays, This is Spinal Tap and 12 Monkeys are both out on uh, Blu-ray today. Excellent. She's Dawn Taylor, and uh, you can read more from her at Cinematic, uh, Cinematical, rather, and at Movies.com, as well as CinemaSideShow.com. Dawn Taylor, thank you. All right, coming up at 8 o'clock, uh, Dax Holt from TMZ. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show is live from Portland. It's Tuesday morning. More of The Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. Call 503-228-4101. Watch me go lube up Academy Award-nominated actor John Turturro. Oh, yeah. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ. Uh, don't forget, gates open at 3.30 p.m. at the Amphitheater at Clark County today for Crew Fest 2. Motley Crew, Godsmack, Theory of a Dead Man, Drowning Pool, Charm City Devils, uh, and more. And uh, we'll all be out there, and you can find that more at KUFO.com. Come sweat with us. Also at... Uh some point today. This is not, uh, and this is not a call to action, as they say. This is not me instructing you to call right now. But at some point, you will hear this sound. Oh, I'm sorry. That's uh, that's uh, mean. That's my computer. You'll hear the sound of nothing. At some point, you will hear uh, the sound Silence. of Tim Riley speaking with Chewbacca. Have you ever listened to the Rick Emerson show on KUFO Chewbacca? <laughs> uh, all right. It's like you're talking to Leatherface or something. Uh, so not now, uh, but the next time you hear that during uh, today's show, you'd be called at 10 at 503-228-4101, and you want yourself a, a pair of tickets to Star Wars in concert, uh, which uh, comes up October 14th this year at the Rose Garden. Tickets on sale this coming Saturday at ComcastX.com. So you'll hear that at some point between now and 9 o'clock this morning. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It's 745. Expect the temperature to reach 107 degrees. That's 107 degrees. See, I think you're making this up now because it, it was 103 just yesterday. I mean, yeah. not I mean, not in terms of the actual temperature, but in terms of the prediction. Yes. Now the forecast is 107, and like it an has hour been ago, updated. But see, you were saying it was like going to be 105 about an hour ago. Well, it, it's been extended for two more degrees. But we're not any closer to the sun, right? I mean, like, why would it suddenly be? Why would the, well, the every forecast minute that be passes hotter? by? The sun is closer. giving off more heat than expected. That's a lie. We're not it's any. We're not. Apocalypse 2009. Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't prepared for that. I'm sorry, Tim. It's what? Hotpocalypse 2009. We're not any closer to the sun, are we? An it's... excessive heat warning for all areas except for the coast is in effect. 
Excessive heat means that a prolonged period of dangerously hot temperatures will occur. All right. Drink water. Stay in an air-conditioned room. Get out of the sun. Check on relatives and neighbors. The report unusual behavior to your local authorities. Uh, a lot of people have trouble sleeping, so they brought in a sleep expert with these tips on how to sleep better in this heat. He says, do not use comforters and blankets. <laughs> Fantastic. Once again, throw out those comforters and blankets. My God, it's all so clear to me now. Meanwhile, in other news today, Press Secretary Robert Gibbs with the president says Obama's birth certificate has been available for all you stupid people to see online. Those of you who think he's an illegal alien, get online and take a look for yourself. A year and a half ago, I asked that the birth certificate be put on the Internet because Lord knows if you got a birth certificate and you put it on the Internet, what else could be the story? So there. Well, here's the thing that I here's the frustrating thing about this, and I can't believe I'm wasting time talking about this gibberish. But. You know, because my in-laws are on the whole, you know, he's not really an American citizen, you know, tip. And so they just they just send my wife, my poor wife, who just has to just sort through all of this crap from her family. Thank God that most of my family doesn't bother to contact me or email me or get in touch with me in any way. Because it means that I don't have any sort of, you know, Bill Gates is offering a dollar forty-two to every person who reads this email, the things to sort through. But it's like one out of every... 15 emails from her family actually has some like some reason to read it like it's legitimate uh, so she can't just you know like route them all to the trash she can't create some sort of spam filter that just sticks all of her mom's emails in, in the in the you know in the, in the recycle bin so she has to read them all to discern the good from the bad but most of them are of course this crap about the birth certificate but what nobody ever asks uh, these like birth certificate jackasses is like, even assuming for the moment that that's not just a bunch of crazy uh, conspiracy gibberish, which it is. Like, there was a birth announcement, like, 40... How old is Obama? 47, 48? Yeah. So there's a birth announcement in the paper from 48 years ago that's like to Mr. and Mrs. Obama, a boy, Barack Hussein Obama, born, blah, 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 blah. And I, nobody's ever bothered to just get one of them on camera and go, like, well, why... Like, where where is this... Like, why would this birth certificate, this birth announcement exist in the paper 48 years ago? Because it seems to me that, like, even if you... Even if you insisted that they had to produce their birth certificate from the file or something somewhere to believe that that part was real. Like, I, there's, there's just no other explanation for the paper thing. But the, So I'm waiting for one of them to get asked that question on camera. And then, uh, you know, then I'll be a happy guy. Well, it's all because, like Bill Maher says, people are getting stupider and stupider every day. Bill, a couple little clarifications uh, because we're getting flooded with email already. Uh, earlier, uh, Sarah Palin, I asked if she have a future ahead, and you say, uh, said something to the effect, I don't put anything past this stupid country. So uh, people are already complaining that you're calling the United States a stupid country and gi giving you a chance to clarify. I don't need to clarify. It is. Well, tell me why you think the United States is a Men. stupid country. Because Sarah Palin could be president. <laughs> I mean, please, <laughs> do I need to <laughs> expand on that anymore? Uh, yeah, I do. I think this is in general. I mean, it's a big country. That's the great thing about it. There's 300 million people here. So uh, within this large country, uh, there are tens of millions of very bright, intelligent people, you know, the ones who are watching us, um, not the ones who are writing the emails. Uh, but, you know, in general, um, gosh, uh, you know, this country just gets dumber and dumber by the day. And uh, I, I don't think I have time on your show to list all the reasons. So that's uh, Bill Maher. Is he, what, has he got a new uh, season of that show coming out? 
Yeah, well, real time. It's 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 on periodically, then it disappears a couple of weeks and it comes back. I just I had to quit watching that show a couple of seasons back. I I'm glad it's there, but I just I can no longer bring myself to watch the Bill Maher program. It just it gives me uh, gives me agita. Let's do one more here, and then we will uh, uh, take a break. We'll come back with Dax Holt from TMZ at the top of the hour. Oh, it looks like the historic Made in Oregon sign is going to have to wait a little longer for any possible changes. Last night, the city council was expected to vote on changes, but the vote was postponed until September because politicians can't get the damn thing done unless they're running for re-election. Wait, so now I realize that I drive by that thing like 15 times a week, Mm -hmm. but now I don't even actually know what it looks like. Have they made... Did they, did they well, get it rid of it? It has the... says Made in Oregon, but uh, University of Oregon owns the building, therefore they own the sign, therefore they're going to change it. Right, they but want, have they, they already the done it, to, though? They want the word to simply be Oregon. And, and then below it, though, it's going to say, it'll say University of Oregon. Uh, so below tacky. it. That's going mm. to gonna be so vandalized. It's going to say yeah. the Oregon thing. So but so that hasn't actually taken place yet. No. Because I think that thing is just, you know, it's like you see it so often you don't even really, uh, you don't even really see it anymore. So, um, so that's but that's something that's still on the horizon. That's you know, just ridiculous. The University of Oregon is in Eugene. Like, why why have the University of Oregon sign like in the middle of a city that it's not even in? I just want to know well, when they, the, they have the they have the uh, Portland branch in that area. That's so annoying. I want to know when the Waddle sign is coming back. That's what I want to know. Oh my yeah. God, that's the thing. That's see, and, and and Greg is pointing out it's because they okay, so the, yeah, because they have a campus there. They bought they bought a building. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. It just seems like. I don't know. It just seems like one of those things they ought to just do it. If they're going to change it, just change it. They're drawing it out for reasons that are sort of unknown to me. Are they having difficulty finding somebody to do it? Is that why? No, it's con- it's a huge controversy because people that sign has been the same for so long. They don't want it to change. Right. Yeah, but, it's a local land. But it's like, but I don't. I, but I. But it's like they're going to do it. It's not like they're. It's like not like they're not going to change it. I just don't understand why it's taken so long. It's not like the contract. Look, you the protesting uh, anything doesn't stop it from happening. What if I mean, they change it to just say Cesar Chavez? <laughs> Welcome to Cesar Chavez. All right. Uh, Okay. Straight ahead, Dax Holt from TMZ will be here. We've also got uh, more from Tim Riley on the way. Don't forget, gates open at the Clark County Amphitheater today for Crew Fest 2. You can find them more at KUFO.com. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland. It's Tuesday morning. Stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't forget, Crew Fest 2 happening today, the amphitheater at Clark County Gates at 3.30. More details available right now at KUFO.com. KUFO.com. More news from Tim Riley uh, on the immediate horizon. We want to welcome out of the uh, Rick Emerson Show from TMZ, our good friend uh, Dax Holden. And before we do anything else, this is right out of the gate. I want to ask you about uh, this photo of Madonna. So if you, everybody should go to TMZ and you look at this picture of Madonna, where it she's just nothing but but veins and gristle. She's like the Hulk. It's disgusting. It's just it's, it's it's just so deeply unnerving to look at her. Do you think at some point somebody's going to pull Madonna aside and just say, "Look, Madge, um, no, it's not working. You've got to do something different." <laughs> well, that's why I was like, when I pitched out the photo, I was like, "This is my plea to Madonna, like, to stop working out. Like, it's all good when you work out and you stay healthy, but this is disgusting. Your arms are just bulging, and there's veins popping out everywhere. It doesn't look attractive at all." I mean, is she just, uh, is she kind of so famous, so powerful that nobody uh, can say things like that to her? That she just surrounds herself with people who go, no, 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 you've never looked better. Darling, you are fabulous. Don't change a thing. 
Rose Madonna. I don't think she gives a crap what anyone thinks. So no matter what someone says to her, she's going to be like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, well, I wear cones on my boobs, so <laughs> what do you want from me? Excellent. Um, uh, which brings us to the strange case of uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Connor, uh, Connor Morrow, Morrow Connor, the, the Michael Conrad Jackson Murray? doctor. So what is, what is the latest with him? Well, Dr. Conrad Murray, here's the thing. So we had been talking about for like weeks that he's been giving that he gave Michael Jackson profile, and that's what we thought. Well, come to find out, he told cops that he gave Michael Jackson profile. He had a secret stash inside Michael's house in a closet, and it looks like that morning, from everything that we're seeing, that he was giving it to him through an IV, left the room, either took a nap or forgot about it, came back and found Michael dead. It seems like if you're paying a doctor like a hundred grand a month or something, one of the stipulations ought to be you don't hook me up to an IV and then just leave the room for a few hours. Yeah, I would think so. And here's the other thing. If you're getting paid $100,000 a month, maybe you could forge an EKG machine and check his heart rate every once in a while. And <laughs> they didn't, he had like no, nothing there, checking his heart rate, checking his breathing. It was just an IV drip going into his arm and keeping him under it. That's really reckless and dangerous. I got to tell you, I got like a, I got a, a smoke alarm at my house that if the battery gets anywhere near low, it starts beeping a lot. You'd think that if you had one of those, you might want to hook it up to, oh, I don't know, the heart of the guy who's paying yeah. you to be there. Ridiculous. So, you know, we found out that uh, Dr. Conrad Murray's assistants ran over to a storage unit in Houston, grabbed a bunch of boxes out the morning Michael died a couple hours before Conrad had even called 911. So it's looking like he knew Michael was dead, and Michael was gone for quite some time before the paramedics showed up. Because when they got there, they were like, oh, yeah, this guy's long gone. We should call the coroner. And he was like, no, you're going to give him CPR, and you're going to take him to the hospital. Uh, all right. So is the, uh, at some point, are we going to see, I mean, is he going to be let out of a, a room somewhere with, uh, with handcuffs? Oh, I, I think they're definitely going to be arresting him quite soon. All right. On that note, my friend Dax Holt from TMZ. You watch TMZ tonight at 1130 on Fox 12. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Rick. Don't miss a moment of The Rick Emerson Show, or you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. I was toilet trained at 12. Listen online, live, or via podcast at KUFO.com. Putting the cult in pop culture. What are you doing? Sharpening these throwing stars. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget, gates open at 3.30 this afternoon at the Amphitheater of Clark County for Crew Fest 2. Motley Crew, Godsmack, Theory of a Dead Man, Drowning Pool, Charm City, Devils, and more. You can find out more right now at KUFO.com. KUFO.com. Oh, incidentally, so if you may have heard our uh, interview with Sean Cassidy last hour, which I think went uh, flawlessly. So that was not for the new issue of the Radio TV Interview Report. You know why? Because I've got the new issue of the Radio TV Interview Report. It was delivered uh, to me yesterday. Would you like to know, people, because we'll do this mystery guest segment, and people will sometimes say, like, where did you find, like, that guy who wrote the book about ideological bigotry and whose email address was, like, Tiger Guy or something at Yahoo? Yeah. People say, like, where did you, and you know. And his website plays Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> you know, and that's not the sort of top-tier guest that one sees through a lot of traditional guest booking services. People say, where do you, you get those guys? And they are from this book called the Radio TV Interview Report, which is this black-and-white sort of newsprinty magazine that arrives about every two weeks. So I will uh, give this uh, to you, Sarah, and you, Greg, in just one moment. Not, not quite yet. Okay. Because I just want to give a random sampling. This is just what's on the cover, actually. I will just read you. Yes, because have you already scoured through it? Because I've already scoured. I've, I've just sort of looked at the front. Just from the front of the new issue of the Radio TV Interview Report, which identifies itself as, quote, the magazine to read for guests and show ideas. We have here on the front 
Interview a man who's been abducted by aliens, page 28. Now, that's not terribly interesting, but it's, in fact, it's pretty you, interesting. you listen to, but you know, you listen to, especially like if you listen to talk radio, especially AM talk radio, uh, you hear a lot of guys who've been abducted or probed or otherwise experimented upon in some way. Then we have, as the 40th anniversary of Woodstock approaches, what lessons can we learn from Woodstock? Now, that's maybe moderately more interesting. Then we get right into, could your city have an underground sex slave ring? <laughs> I bet we do. I'm actually curious to know that. I mean, I may that just call like the that author. That could be an actual guess. I might call the, the the author at home and just sort of uh, drill him for information on that. But then the, every issue of the radio TV interview report has the big marquee guest, the big offering for that issue. And I think a couple weeks ago it was... Um, D. Wallace Stone, who was the mom from E.T., and then she was in The Howling or something. And one of them was like Ronald Reagan's daughter. Patty Davis. That was the, the interview. Patty Davis, daughter of former president Ronald Reagan. And it's like where that is much, much bigger than all the other articles. It's like that's this one. Who do you think the... Um, I'll have to ask Tim because Sarah will never get this and Greg probably wouldn't either. Tim, I'm going to give you like five, six questions and then I'll just tell you. Mm-hmm. But... The big marquee interview guest that they are offering in this new installment of the radio TV interview report. And here's the thing. I have to apologize for looking at this because I actually sort of wish that this guy had been the mystery guest. I mean, if it, it's almost worth booking this guy as an actual guest, like not a mystery guest, an actual guest, just to talk with him. I... It, in in a perfect world, I would never have seen this. See, and you shouldn't be allowed to see that. I didn't no see, but here's the thing is I paid he's on the front cover. There's no way to avoid it. Because I, know, I, didn't, but I don't think you should be allowed to scour through there. Like I didn't I didn't guests. I didn't scour. I just told you I looked at the front cover only. So I just picked it up and I looked at it because I had to figure out what it because I get a lot of mail. You know, so I did looked at it and on the front I see this guy's picture. Tim, who do you think the feature, the marquee guest that the radio TV interview report is offering uh, this month is? I'll give you a hint. Television actor. What kind of a hint is that? I need more. Television <laughs> actor from the 70s. From the 70s. Sitcom television actor from Gabe, the 70s. Gabe Kaplan. No, but you're, see, but you're in the ballpark. It's not that show. But you were thinking, you're thinking about the right genre and you're thinking about the right era. He is, uh, I will, I will uh, actually refine this further. The White Shadow. No, no, but again, but that, no, no, that's not a sitcom. It is a sitcom I was going to refine it to say he is a from a 70s sitcom, mm. and he is not the main character. Not the main character. He is the secondary star of a 1970s sitcom. Anson Williams. <laughs> no. But I like this guessing game. We should do, like, two more. Uh, Anything. Secondary star, secondary 70s star. sitcom. Greg, can we uh, get Greg's uh, microphone up over sitcom. there? We'll see if Greg has a, has a guess here. He is the secondary star of a 1970s sitcom, and he is available now for interviews. 1970s. Was Chips in the 70s? Uh, not a sitcom, but in the 70s, but oh, not a, a sitcom. sitcom, sitcom. Secondary okay. character, 1970s sitcom. Rob Reiner. No, no, but that's a good guess as well. But he's way too big to be in the radio TV interview report. Oh. Sarah, do you have any idea who this is? I, no, I, I kind of recognize him. But All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio TV interview report this month offering as their marquee guest interview... Damon Wilson from Sanford and Son. Right there. He played Lamont. Oh, yeah. Whatever Honestly, happened he was, to him? He was, uh, well, he's in the... Radio I don't know. TV Maybe report. we should interview him and find out. Well, let me just look. Since uh, since the surprise is already And who ruined. knew he was still alive? Would you like to hear some Sanford and Son trivia? 
Sure. In the midst of filming episodes for the 1974 season, Red Fox, the star, had a feud with NBC when he demanded a salary the network would not afford. Unable to reach an agreement, Fox walked off the show for the rest of the season, and the producers were forced to create episodes around his absence. And I remember this because Grady became the star of the show. And there were these sequences where the guy who played Grady, who was Fred uh, Sanford's best friend on Sanford's son, would just be talking to Fred on the phone. But it's like you would never hear Red Fox's voice because he wasn't there. He was he was on strike, basically. And so it would just be Grady going, Well, that's great, Fred. I can't wait for you to come back. I'm Grady. And then he would Thanks just... for reminding me to take out the trash. We'll see you soon. <laughs> so apparently we can ask Damon Wilson, what was it like to work with Red Fox? And why did you make a childhood vow to serve God? Oh, so, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that probably would have been one that Greg and I would have picked. Yeah, but see, anyway, so there you go. I'll just, uh, I'll hand this now uh, to you. There you go. No, the, no, that was not going to happen. At the news desk, ladies and uh, gentlemen, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 825. Wow, it's going to be 107 degrees. That has been upgraded from 105. And that's just in the air. Mm-hmm. This is Hot Pocalypse 2009. Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't prepared. I didn't have the uh, I didn't have the Hot Pocalypse uh, sounder ready. That's my fault. Okay. Our coverage continues with an extensive heat warning for all areas except for the coast. Your body will lose more water than you're aware of. Exercise outdoors early, and then move indoors and do more exercise. Say farewell to your loved ones. Max trains have to run slowly. As a matter of fact, they can't run more than 35 miles an hour. Why is that? It's because of the power cables. If they stretch them too much in the heat, they'll snap. So if you're riding the max today, you're going to be late, no matter what you do. So wait a minute. So they can't they can't ride during the winter because the cables will snap. Yes. They can't ride in the summer because the cables will snap. Yes. So there's really there's six months out of the year when the max actually functions properly. That's true. What about, oh, hey, let me ask you this. Because I like to unnerve people because then I can spread my fear around so that it's sort of dissipated within my own soul. Who wants to complete this thought? If the max cables might snap because of the heat, you you I smell what I'm what cooking, don't you, about. Tim? Do you know oh, what I'm thinking? The scariest thing ever, Tim. Come on, you know. No. If the cables Cable. that support the, the if they support the max, if the cables that support the max and might the max snap is on the ground, and the max isn't even all that heavy. I mean, in the sense that it's not pulling on the cables all that much. What of What a what? The tram. Who owns the tram? Well, I mean, there's lots of people. The tram. The, Thousands oh, you know, the tram. tram. The, the, oh, the tram. Did you ask what the tram was just now? You know what? I You've been think on of, the tram. I can't think of what a tram was. It's like dangling over the city. You can't it's miss like it. It's like a huge We wrote on that. Thing. Yes. No, what about that no, tram? No, well, I don't know. It's on, a, it's on a metal. It just hangs from a big steel I cable. I forgot all about it. All right. Yeah, I was just trying to alarm people. And there isn't a lot of pressure on it. Well, here's something even worse. What about those smelly, sweaty people riding without shirts on TriMet buses? The buses, of which 30% do not have air conditioning? The answer is, they can. TriMet does not have a no, no shoes, no shirt, no service policy. Uh, Gross. Uh, well, that Gross. Be- because that becomes sort of like a mobile hotel uh, for folks that might other, not otherwise have any, uh, any place to be hanging out. prints everywhere. So, what is it, so, they, so you could just be going on, like as long as your junk is covered, you can ride the Max? Yeah. <sighs> just for hours on end. And So if you, get, if you buy a Max ticket, how how long is that good for? Is it for two hours? So it's two hours or two zones or well, whatever. You can buy whatever you want. 
You can buy two hours. You can buy the whole day, whole day. How much does it cost to buy a whole day ticket for the max? It's like four something. So for like four bucks. So if you don't have a place to, to crash to get out of the uh, to get out of the heat, you could buy like a four dollar ticket for the max and just but stay on it. At every stop, when the doors swing open, all that heat comes back in again, yeah. and then it seals it shut until yeah. the next stop. I suppose so it doesn't get a chance to cool off. So the key is to sit as far. I mean, if you're going to be just spending the day on the max, the key is to stay as far away from a door as possible mm-hmm. and to wear as little clothing as you can get away with <laughs> under law. The skimpier, the better. That's right. Just uh, just cover your penis and get on the max. Mm-hmm. I think that's Tremont's new slogan. That's not- <laughs> <laughs> cover your penis and get on the max. That'd be great. <laughs> well, I mean, look, it's better than the city that works. Let's see, be honest. I can see those those bus placards on the side of the Tremont buses. It's like that. Up aboard. <laughs> well, that's the, I saw one of those city vehicles driving along the other day. It was the city that works, and it's like it, that. That just seems like so. It, it seems mean now to have that as the slogan. That just seems like they're just screwing they're with us, taunting us. It's like the, the works ought to be at least augmented with some you know quotation marks or something. All right. The city where, uh, you know, the city where 88% of the folks work. Here's Tim Riley. Well, it looks like Will Ferrell claims he's going to be working on a new Ron Burgundy Anchorman movie. Awesome. However, he said he's still talking to the other guys. He's hopeful to get the green light. And the final statement is, hopefully we can start filming in a couple of years. Now, has uh, now has Will Ferrell sequelized any of his other big films? I don't think so. He didn't make Elf 2, right? No. He didn't, uh, he hasn't made uh, a sequel to, like, Blades of Glory. He hasn't made a sequel to Talladega Nights or any of that stuff. No. So, uh, so this might actually be the first, you know, because I, I think I speak for everybody when I say that Anchorman is the most beloved of all of the Will Ferrell comedies of that sort. In other words, there's like, you know, he's done some other movies that are a little bit you know, they're kind of outside of that genre. But when he does, what does he call them? The Saga of the Ordinary Man. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was um, uh, Ron Burgundy, Ricky Bobby, and then he's got some, I guess he's got another one coming up where he's a porn star. Uh, this is like some, like an average sort of schlumpy looking porn star. But uh, Old School 2, okay, so he's making Old School 2. So that would be, because he doesn't do a lot of sequels, which you've got to give him credit for, because he has resisted Sort of that Rob Schneider, Adam Sandler thing of just, just cranking out, uh, you know, one uh, one after the other into into sequels. Although I guess to be fair, even Adam Sandler hasn't really done that all that much. That is more of a Rob Rob Schneider is the thing, mm. whatever. Blah blah blah. God, Rob Schneider is so annoying. You know, but speaking of uh, Will Ferrell, you know what I finally just saw. Because I, I uh, he put this out a few, uh, I guess maybe months, six weeks ago, something like that. Because Land of the Lost, I saw that Man vs. Wild with, uh, which is a great show anyway. But I saw the Man vs. Wild with Will Ferrell, which is, uh, which is really fantastic. So I don't know if you, anybody out there, if you're a fan of that show or if Survivor Man, which is sort of similar, you really ought to check out the Man uh, vs. Wild episode featuring uh, Will Ferrell. It, uh, it is quite something. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. So this Arizona man comes home and finds a man robbing his house. He tackles a man. Holds him down with one hand and calls 911 with the other. I've been robbed. I have the robber in one hand and my phone in the other. All I'm doing is holding him down on the ground. <laughs> He's screaming and he can't breathe. He's tried to run twice, but I caught him in my home. Please stop struggling, all right? What's up, man? What the f? What the f? You know exactly what. You robbed me. Well, let me stand up. No, you're going to wait here. And we're going to wait for the cops to come. Okay, the police officers are here. Should I put down my phone? Okay, no, just, I don't want the guy to take off running and then we have a foot pursuit. So just wait okay. till they come up to you and, and they'll tell you, let her go, okay? Okay, sir, we can hang up now. They're there. Okay, okay. thank you very much. Uh-huh, bye-bye. That is so awesome. awesome. Here's to you, Mr. Holding a Burglar Down with one hand and calling 911 with go. the other hand, guy. 
That is and seriously, and then the burglar goes like, "What the f?" I mean, what do you mean, "What the f?" You're in a guy's house. You're lucky he didn't shoot you in the face. Jesus, that I love that guy. Do we have his name? Uh, we do. His name is. We have to get him on the homeowner show. Homeowner Perry Bigley. Here's to you, Perry Bigley. All right, uh, we're on a Perry Bigley hunt right now. I'm gonna uh, uh, Glendale, Arizona. That, that guy, Perry Bigley. We are uh, today. We are crowning him greatest man alive. We have to start doing that as an ongoing bet. Hold on, greatest man alive. And then uh, everybody should try it, really. And then before we uh, before we uh, uh, get into the next segment here, I, I want to ask you this, Tim. Somebody emailed me a question. They said about the cash for clunkers program. This is something I couldn't answer. They said, "What is the? I know how it works. Like if you have a car that gets less than eighteen miles a gallon or something, you take it in. They give you, it, but it's not cash. You get like a tax credit." Correct. So, but what is the what is the purpose? They give you a slip of paper. Is the purpose to stimulate the purchasing of new cars and get gas guzzlers off the road? Now, is that for environmental reasons? That too, yes. Because I mean, like, I mean, it's helpful. All right, but but so is that? In other words, what is the government's motivation? What is the government's bottom line to get motivation? People to buy American cars. All right. So if you have, or, or what's been termed an American-made car. So now, but so does that tax GM car? Does the tax credit only work if you use it toward an American? I believe do you so. buy an American car. I, I think it's something like that. So if you t- so if you have a clunker and you turn it in, you get a credit, but the credit has to be used to buy an American car. I'm, I'm very confused mm-hmm. about this whole thing. So. That, that's what it sounds like to me. Okay. All right. I was, because I was sort of wondering exactly how it functioned and what the government's sort of motivation uh, mm-hmm. was. It doesn't seem like the government does a lot of things out of the goodness of their heart, which is many, many sizes Cash for clunkers, American cars. All right. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley coming up at 9. It is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. Don't forget, gates open at 3.30 this afternoon at the Amphitheater Clark County for Crew Fest 2. Find out more about it at KUFO.com. We are live from Portland. It's Tuesday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show. On Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Goddamn dog dedication! Get me my photos! Only on Rock 101 KUFO. Have you ever listened to the Rick Emerson Show on KUFO Chewbacca? Well spoken, sir. That's my finest work. That'll be the thing that plays on a uh, tape loop in the Tim Riley Library someday. Right next to a huge marble bust of yourself, there'll be a speaker that just blares that constantly. Uh, it'll it's, be motion sensitive. That and, the, uh, walking by. <laughs> that and the oscillating fan song. Oh, yeah. That too. It's Rock 101K. Oh, boy. Speaking of oscillating fans, I wonder. I, I'm actually going to. I think I might stop by like a, a Fred Meyer or something later and just They're see. Probably sold out. If that, but I'd be curious to see if there's been a run on fans. If that's, uh, you know, if there's, if there's been some sort of a flood of people going, they're trying to get those. Drop 101 KUFO, it's 503-228-4101. In mere moments, we have more news with Tim Riley. Let's get, uh, this is Tanner. Hey, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Tanner, how can I help you today? Well, I just wanted to clear up some of the information about the uh, cash for clunkers for you guys. Yes, sir. Uh, well, the situation, you can buy any type of uh, vehicle. You don't have to buy American-made. Like, I work for Ron Talk and Hyundai, and uh, you can pretty much buy anything. The stipulations are your vehicle has to get 18 miles a gallon or worse. To trade in. To trade in. And then you have two different vouchers. You either have a $3,500 or you have $4,500, and that depends. If uh, you increase gas mileage with the next vehicle you buy by 4 miles of the gallon, you get 3500 If you increase gas mileage by 10 um, it's forty five hundred dollars, and so that is a and so that's a voucher then that must be used toward uh, toward a new car, but it can be more or less a new a new car of your uh, of your choosing within within reasonable parameters. Exactly, 
exactly, exactly. You can't buy a vehicle that's over $40,000, but most vehicles are probably going to fit into that category. All right, excellent. Thank you for the clarification, sir. Thank you for listening. No problem. All right, that is uh, Tanner. Excellent. All right. Was I half right? Uh... Sure. Sure. It's Rock 101 KUFO, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland, 844. It's going to be 107 degrees today as we enter day two of Hotpocalypse 2009. Oh, I'm sorry, it catches me off guard every time. Hotpocalypse. 2009. That's right, an all-time record of 107 degrees today. That was set back in 1965 and again in 1981. Incredible. And then it's going to be in the hundreds the next couple days after that. So it's supposed to be, it's going to peak tomorrow at yes. 107, according to this. No, no. Uh, today it's going to be 107. Oh, that's very confusing. We're updating these predictions oh, as we go. Well, wait a minute. Now, this is terrifying. If it, because according to this very colorful chart that I saw... Hunter and hunter and hunter. If, if it was supposed to peak tomorrow at 107, uh-huh. but now today... That's right. It's going to peak at 107. Right. So it that will not wait till tomorrow. Okay, but that's but then my question is, if tomorrow was anticipated based on stuff mm-hmm. to be the hottest day, if today is 107, does that now mean that tomorrow has been... You know, no, tomorrow, tomorrow has been, been boosted to like 109 or something tomorrow. It has not been yet. So join us tomorrow morning and find out. By the way, this says, uh, I got a text message at 52051. says, there, of course, there's been a run on fans. I work at Costco. We are sold out of air conditioning uh, devices. So there's no more air conditioners. Do they still have muffins? To be Well, there's always muffins at Costco, Tim. That's, uh, there's always work at the post office. There's always muffins at Costco. Well, there's nothing better than a dip in the pool, except when you're not expecting it. Take a Scott Carico, for instance. He dropped his coffee mug while driving, stooped down to pick it up, accidentally hit the accelerator, hit a parked car, jumped a curve, slammed through a fence, and ended up in a pool in an apartment complex. Yes, fortunately, it was a shallow end. It was refreshing, nonetheless. The car, well, it took all day to pull the darn thing out. Uh, oh, I did have something else there. A quadruple amputee from Portland will make her dreams come true. By attending well, a prestigious dancing school. Some of them, anyway. You see, Kira Brinkley lost both her arms and legs. Never considered herself handicapped. But she always wanted to dance. And she says she will. The 16-year-old will attend the prestigious Juilliard School of Dance. Is there a chart or in something? New York it, City. Well, maybe she has, like, prosthetic legs or something. Is there a diagram that's uh, included with the story to explain how this dream will be achieved? I'm not saying it can't be. I'm just saying it seems like there are some details that are left out of this. Yeah, there are some blank it, spots. It, it does not. It no. does, is there, like, an asterisk? Like, dream not actually achievable. I, it, I'm just curious. I mean, I, I understand that it's, a, you know, in America, you know, one, one can do anything, mm-hmm. more or less. I just... It's just sort of perplexing. It seems like there's some. It seems like there's some further explication uh, needed with that story. But you know, what do I know? All right. Here's. Oh, by the way, uh, just speaking of uh, dreams and, and things. So tonight, uh, there's that uh, that more to love show, and so the uh, crew fest two is happening. But I, I get the TiVo uh, set for that. So there's that more to love show, which debuts tonight, which is the it's the dating show for fat chicks. Yeah, I mean, you can see the same thing hanging around the Lloyd Center. Yes, yes, you and can. I did yesterday. So some embarrassing thing. <laughs> Those chicks have I, I already uh, bring myself to look at. They've already had multiple dates and the multiple kids with multiple dads to prove it. So th- this show, and I actually got to see the preview, the sneak preview of this. Uh, Sarah, if I bring this in, will you watch it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'll bring it in uh, tomorrow. Oh, you know I love I'll bring it shows. the DVD. So tonight is the premiere, uh, the, the pilot or whatever, the, you know, the first episode of this. So it's called Mortal Love. And the reason uh, that I sort of care about it is because there's a, there's a chick from Portland on there who... I have to say this, having seen the first episode, the, the, the whatever the network sent me like a little advanced, you know, like a screener copy or something, 
It's not that she she's not an unattractive woman at all. Uh, she's uh, you know she's, she's all tattooed up and everything. She has like the, the jet black hair. And she you know, looks very Portland. And there's that whole sequence where she's just eating a bunch of meat on a stick, which is great. But I would be curious to know whether the whether the chicks on the show are allowed to dress themselves because they have to play up to stereotypes or something. Well, it's like it's not like they don't make clothing for women of size. They make this is America. They make all kinds of clothing for big people. I I myself, I went into the uh, KUFO prize closet to try to find it to to get a KUFO shirt to, to wear to something a couple weeks ago. And the uh, Andrew was back there, and I, he goes, uh, so you need a KUFO shirt? And I said, yes. And he goes, what size? And I said, well, small if you have it. Maybe uh, maybe, uh, maybe a medium. He goes, no, no. He goes, we got XL and double XL. What do you, what do you want? Because uh, it is Portland. So, But so the women on this dating show who do all have to live together, and then they eat, uh, of course. Boy, do they eat. It's like they've been given nice clothes, but that don't quite fit, that are just like a size or two too small. Um, that's an awful gimmick. If see, given to because them. that's the thing. It's like especially, and the girl like we're going to buy you fancy clothes, but they're not going to they, be. Your they're size. just they're not very flattering, and it's not like they're way too tight. It's just that they're the the cuts are a little wrong lumpy. or something. It's yeah, I don't know a whole lot about fashion or anything, but yeah, but lumpy maybe is the well, word. The cut just, matters a lot. That's the thing. They're not. They just look like they haven't been. Um, altered to that person like it's like you bought something off the rack that needs to be tailored or whatever or like adjusted and they haven't done that it's it looks like you're wearing a stock dress that they will use to figure out like wrap themselves in the living room drapes (laughs) (laughs) yes but it's like you're wearing a temp dress and then like where the real dress will someday go so the chicks have all put on that by the way the guy for whose affections they're competing weighs 330 pounds so they're basically i need to see a picture they're basically trying to get hooked up with Kenny Vance, so which is every girl's dream, I'm sure. Uh, so it's just, it, it really is worth watching. But the chick from Portland is on there, and she's a makeup uh, artist for uh, for a living. That's her career. She does makeup professionally. So you know that she, pro- and she's not an unattractive woman, so you know she probably knows how to put herself together. But I got a feeling that the, the show's producers dressed the girls like... Oh, he isn't very cute. No. <laughs> I know. It's it like a, a stunner. Uh, yeah, it's easy. Uh, so uh, anyway, so th- that's going to be on tonight. Uh, we did, um, that's not like a paid plug or anything. I'm just saying there's a chick from Portland on there. And also they're competing for the affections of a guy who weighs 330. So, you know, I'm just saying. And he kind of looks like a woman. Let me see. I'm sorry. Does he not look like a woman? You know what he looks like? This is just my observation. I'm not saying this is true. This is my, uh, I'm making just a, a, this is just a bloviating observation that I as a pundit am making. I'm, this is for the purposes of satire and comedy. You know what this guy on More to Love, which uh, we'll talk more about it tomorrow, uh, as well as the Crew Fest wrap-up. The guy that these chicks are, quote, competing to win on More to Love, he looks like one of those dudes that you'll see on the cover of Newsweek with an obviously butch lesbian, and they're both pretending that they've been turned straight. Oh my gosh! I was just gonna say he kind of looks like Chastity Bond. No, that's that's the thing. Yeah, you'll see like on like about every three years on the cover of Time, it's like a, a couple. Where it's like the guy's real feminine looking and the woman's real butch looking. And it's like, you know, how we were turned into heterosexuals. How and, we were and they're both clearly just so unbelievably screamingly gay. Uh-huh. And everybody knows it. But they, but they and they and their pastor have been deluded into thinking that, you know, that they were uh, shocked into heterosexuality. Do you know why this guy? Like, why? Why not a guy who's not 330 pounds? Let's see. He's a successful subcontractor and real estate investor as a site says I'm building a long lasting relationship. 26 years old, 6'3". I'm, six. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Uh, so uh, 
Anyway, uh, it's a sparkling personality. I'll bring in the DVD so you can. Uh, you can, okay, I'll watch it. I'll, we can, yeah, we can talk about so it I'm going to TV vote and I'll burn it. I'll burn it to to TV uh, to uh, DVDs. You can watch it. Cool. All right, don't forget, Crew Fest is coming up uh, uh, today. Tonight, uh, of course, the gates open at three thirty. Go to kufo.com for more information. Motley Crew, Godsmack, Theory, Vidal, Mandranic, Pull, Charm City Devils, uh, Court and uh, Fatboy Broadcasting Live, uh, three to seven, and again, gates at three thirty. Kufo.com is where you find out more about that Crew Fest too. We will see you there tonight. The amphitheater. At Clark County, and then uh, just I'm going to say preemptively. So we're going to be there, uh, and I myself, uh, I mean, and every time I say this out loud, I just I'm already hearing the way my voice is going to sound tomorrow. So I myself am going to be there for probably the whole thing, uh, and I think I will just be coming back and sleeping here at the station uh, late tonight. So I, I know, think, and I would, but my sister's coming into town tonight, so I have to go. At and- what time? <laughs> at 11.30. Oh, it's your best night ever. Oh, my God. I'm just going to... So you're going to get no sleep at all. You know what? I'm just going to lock myself in my bedroom today, rewatch a whole bunch of old episodes of True Blood, and sit next to my air conditioner. Wow. And then go to Crew Fest because I'm... And then, really crazy then pick, see your sister at 11.30, then get to bed at like 1, yes, then be back here like, at 4. Yes, it's like sleep, awesome. work, home, work, sleep, work. So, uh, yeah, so I'm here now. It. I'm going to go home, nap, then, you know, crew, then, then the rock. The and then uh, as soon as crew fest is done, I'm just going to come here and I'm just really going to sleep uh, down the hall in one of the empty uh, studios. Isn't there a couch in the women's bathroom? There is upstairs. You should totally sleep on it. It's squishy. And there's nobody here at 3.30 in the morning, right? No. Ish. No, no but m- And it smells like less, lilacs nobody. and dreams in the women's what, bathroom. What do women chat about on that couch? I don't know. I don't really have a lot of women friends here. I. That's a good question. I don't. I don't really know. I uh, I don't really know don't what conversations. Really see, I don't think anyone actually sits on that couch. I well, think it just is there. Why is it that women get a couch and guys? Do I not? was actually going to ask the same question. I don't mean, I'm not saying it's like gender bias or something, but it does seem it does seem wrong that there's a couch in the women's bathroom and not in the men's bathroom. Is the couch in the bathroom itself or in the outer sort of area? It's in the pound. There's a room. double doors. There's double doors. So like you walk in and there's so you have a lounge room. little area because we don't. It's like you open but the door. It's and not the, like anyone lounges. The pee in thing there. is right there. Like I've I've gone you know back and forth through there several times and I've never seen anyone sitting there. All right. Well, I'm going to be sleeping on that tonight. So uh, when you, the next time you hear my voice, I'll be talking like this. And, and, I, and I'll have slept for like two hours and on a couch upstairs in the women's room here at KUFO. Awesome. Awesome. On that note, we want to remind you that coming up Friday, the half-off sale uh, features such businesses as Cafe Allegro. You can get a $50 gift certificate to dine at Cafe Allegro in the heart of Old Town Tigard, serving authentic gourmet cuisine in a cozy bistro setting, fresh salads, hearty pastas, calzones, pizza, and more. That is uh, this Friday at 9 a.m. Those go on sale. A half-off $50 gift certificate. Basically, you get 55, uh, I'm sorry, $50 uh, dollars for 25 25 gets you 50 at KUFO.com, part of the half-off sale that commences this Friday at 9 a.m. But if you are caller 10 right now, 503-228-4101. You'll win one of those for you can buy it. 503-228-4101. If you're a uh, caller 10, you win a, half, uh, win a $50 gift certificate to Cafe Allegro, which you can get for half off this Friday at KUFO.com. We will see you at Crew Fest 2 tonight, friends. Uh, 3.30 is when those gates open. You can find that more at KUFO.com. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondents Steve Kastenbaum and James Roop. Also, Don Taylor from CinematicalMovies.com. Uh, we want to thank mystery guest Sean Cassidy and also Dax Holt from TMZ. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Eric Stillen. For Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Greg Nibbler at the front desk, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F with Me Reynolds, executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up next, it is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. 3 to 7, Court and Fatboy broadcasting live from Crewfest 2. We will see you there tonight. It is Tuesday, July 28th, 2009, and that is the frequency. Kenneth, as always, be safe. Thanks for listening. Watch out for snakes. Bye.
Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening. Smells like the 90s. Here's what's coming.